Moto One Podcast Network. Yo, this is Creative Writing. This is live, baby. To prove it's live, I'm gonna. I have my other guitar here, and I'm not gonna do anything except for say, sit back, enjoy the show, and call your bro. It's probably a hoe. that out you're listening to a show hosted by an idiot and a sarcastic robot that's me it features the opinions of that idiot and the opinions of guest motorcyclists from a large demographic with a varying array of skills talent and knowledge any of the words that you hear on this podcast may therefore be very idiotic unlawful very and idiotic or, or perhaps genius and insightful Either way, they do not reflect the opinions or well-thought-out and completely fair policies of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast or any of the podcasts under the Moto One Podcast Network umbrella. Enjoy the show, Fart Tooth. Fart Tooth. Yeah, I clipped. I'm going to edit that part out because it totally clipped the audio, but this was live. I don't know how much more live I can get. Damn it, it clipped again. I'm going to turn this down. How about this? (laughs) All right, enough of that crap. Welcome to episode 292. Uh... I'm going to turn this off all the way before I accidentally hit the strings. Uh, episode 292, I think, of Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. Tobor, why don't you uh, you just sit there and look pretty, buddy. I can already tell you're in one of those moods tonight, probably because of the weather. Uh, I'm going to turn off the amp here so I don't do anything crazy. Oh, don't spill a beer like I did earlier. All right, let me put this guitar down. Maybe I shouldn't have done this live. Maybe I should have thought about all these consequences having to twist and contort here around the uh, microphone with the without hitting it with some musical instruments. Dog, I have two dogs in the studio tonight. They are accompanying me out here in the freezing cold studio, not by Wisconsin means, uh, but by Cal- Southern California means. Um, we got snow on the hill on the mountain behind us, uh, and I knew Angela's Crest has been closed for a few days, but now, uh, my buddy and I were talking and, uh, a lot of the freeways are closed in and out of California from the North and from the East. Um, uh, so we're in and out of LA, I should say from the North and the East. Yeah. Crazy, crazy weather. And if you haven't heard about it and you have, and you don't live here, uh, all on the news are talking about what is normally a Wednesday in Texas with hail and the winds and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we're just learning to live with it here. We're just not used to that sort of stuff here, but it has been beautiful. The weather has been absolutely beautiful. Oh God, puppy, you are so warm. I want my dog to lay on my lap, uh, keep me warm, but I know she's too big. Yeah. She's a, I know she's only a beagle, you guys, but if you're new to the show, let me turn this track off. We don't need to record any more, um, guitar anymore. If you're new to the show and you don't know old junkster, I am pushing. Mm, I wish I was a little bit taller, but if I'm being honest, I I am a sub five feet. So this beagle, 
I'm actually sub almost four feet. This this beagle is like the size of a St. Bernard to me. So I know there's no way she can jump on my lap. If she was a chihuahua, maybe, then she'd only be like a, a golden retriever to me. But long story short, the doggy will not be keeping me warm, but she sure is keeping my hands warm. Oh, okay, girl. And if you if you bark or freak out, I am gonna lose it. Uh welcome. Uh Tobor, you can quit looking pretty. You can you can welcome to the city, buddy. Um yeah, I I was gonna say, um, you know, how are you doing and 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 all that. I, I know what you've been up to. You've been out here keeping the, the uh, shop dry, keeping the studio in working order. Our studio shares space with our garage, and you've been keeping the rain out. Um, how are you, bud? Hello, junkie. How are you doing? I'm good. I've been enjoying this blustery weather. Mm. I would say that I hope you have been enjoying it as well. But I noticed a slight change in your core temperature. Okay, yeah, I I did uh, start to freeze. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I need to say that again, but uh, but yeah, I I've been pretty pretty cold, and um, yeah, I'm just I'm not 100 percent sure with uh, just what's been going on. If you know, I don't know, I don't know. Everybody in Southern California is being affected. Like I said, to to people in other states, this is just like a a Tuesday in February, like any other day. You know what I'm saying? Yes. From Santa Monica to Moreno Valley, the weather was certainly outrageous for Southern California. Hail at the beach, hubboobs in the desert, and snow everywhere. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Yes, it was Charles Dickens and uh, Tobor Dickens, I should say. And I, I, yeah, I really, uh uh-oh, dog's alerting. There's either a human outside the door or an animal. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I yeah. So long story short, it has it has been wild. The uh the crest is closed um and it was closed to Wrightwood uh a couple days ago. Now it's closed period. I don't think you can get up there because the snow level is halfway down the hill to town here and that means that up on the up on the actual mountain where the road is, it is got to be just feet high. Uh down in east part eastern parts of um uh, San Diego County, they were getting like, you know, 15 inches of snow. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of my coworkers the other day and he has this old beater, uh, uh, SUV from, you know, I guess, I don't know how old it is, but he's like, it's just an old beater piece of crap. And that's what I keep it around here for. So I can just, you know, in, in situations like this, take it out. And he slid, he slid into a ditch even. Um, so yeah, <laughs> like it was, it was pretty nuts, I guess. Even the, even that old big old tank couldn't make it, a. uh, but yeah, it's caught caught people off guard. I did want to say uh, I don't know if we have any PSAs on this week's show about about safety, but I know we have in the past. And I just want to say it doesn't always have to be a tornado, and it doesn't always have to be uh, an earthquake. Um, and I don't know what you guys have in Australia: huntsman spiders and uh, gigantic snakes. Uh, it doesn't always have to be that sort of stuff that you're like absolutely preparing for. It can also be you know, wildfires and subsequent flooding. And I think we've talked on the past couple episodes about the landslides over on Malibu. Um, you know, lot, lots of part of this state, uh, we don't even experience flood- flooding like they do in the Midwest where it's like super flat and the prairie fills up like a bathtub. But we have mountains out here. And uh, after all these outrageous fires we've had for the past few years, um, there is less vegetation. I won't say there's none, but there's less. And when it when it uh, soaks, when we get this much rain, it tends to uh, help collapse that, and it helps to you know 
we have massive mudslides. So, uh, yeah. So preparedness isn't always for crazy disasters. It could also be a mudslide and comes down and and washes your house away just like a a flood would or excuse me, anything else. Um, but yeah, so regardless, Tobor, how do you, uh, how do you like the weather? Um, would you say that it, this is this is your type of weather? Because I personally, even though it hasn't, it's been raining for like three days straight. I actually like the rain, and I like the winter time. I was born in the winter time. Robots neither like nor dislike weather. Hmm. It just exists, like your filthy breath odor. Okay, and with that, I will just say I'll put you out there. Uh, if you don't care about it, uh, I'll let you stand out. <laughs> I'll be in, in Tobor's condo out behind the shed. I didn't say I was like other robots. I definitely wouldn't like the rain. Right, right. And it has been coming down. I got, uh, speaking of the rain, I wanted to go, uh, I think for like a hundred bucks at Home Depot, you can get these, uh, they're food grade. They're actually re, uh, reuse the recycled food grade, uh, containers that have screens built into them that are small enough that mosquitoes can't get into the water, but I think they're 55 gallon drums. Uh, and they used to have food in them, uh, you know, whether it was, I don't know, what are they transporting the shit? Hot sauce, fucking milk. I have no idea. Uh, grains. I don't know, but, um, they do re- recycle them. And it's like, you know, if, if people don't buy these, they could just go into landfills, which sucks. So go ahead and buy these. And they've, we know they're food grade and, uh, they wash them, blah, 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 blah. And you can buy them at Home Depot for like, uh, I think they're hundred bucks, I think. Uh, and I was like, dude, I need to go get a couple of these. Of course, there's none in stock or they're not around or whatever like that. You have to order them and have them shipped there. But I was seriously considering it. And I was like, but by the time it gets there, probably we won't get this much rain. Well, two days later, and it's still coming down. And I'm not 100% sure what it's going to look like um, next week, but... I'm pretty sure that we got a little bit, a little bit more rain on our forecast. I don't know if we got 55 gallon drums, uh, 55 gallons worth, but uh, I know we got a little bit more, uh, and we'll have to see re- what the rest of the the months uh, add up to. I think last year at this time it was already like had ha- had already hit 90 at least once. Uh, I'm pretty convinced. But um, anyway, let's not blab too much on this show. We do have. Uh, you know, a segment where me and a friend sat down and and did some talking. Uh, so we're going to get into that. So enough about the weather, um, enough about the, the price of gas, how it used to be a nickel and all that other old man crap that you could talk about. Um, you could, you could talk about vegetables and and how green your grass is, but do we want to do that? I, I might, I do, I guess I should say to anybody who wants to know, um, I've been in contact with Jay, our former, uh, co-host, and um, she's she's living the dream life. She is herself growing a pretty robust garden. And yes, it snowed on her today. Um, she's still here in uh, SoCal. So anybody that was just wanted to know, get a J update. Uh, maybe maybe uh, we'll work something out for the future. But yeah, she's doing well. She's growing her garden and uh, enjoying life. Um, let's get into this week's. Uh, current events because we do have a lot of stuff coming on before I even get into these. Uh, and I'm going to try and make this fast. I do want to say we do have an episode on California coming up. I haven't forgot about it. I just haven't done it yet because I would really want to get people's feedback. A couple few weeks ago, we were on Nokomoto and I, they, they did chopped it out of their 200th episode, but we sat around and got drunk. And one of the, one of the best questions they asked, but we were also obliterated that it didn't make it to the air was about rides, where to go to, uh, 
for epic rides in that in the area. And and there's a few to me that are epic here in SoCal, Central Cal. I'm not very familiar with NorCal. Okay. So if somebody asked me if they were coming to visit me and they said where to go, we have like one day, we have two days, whatever it is. And I would say, hey, let's oh, I, I know I know I know a couple routes. What do you want to do? Um, so for you, if you live here in California, and actually I'm gonna say nix that. Not California. If we'll do a, we'll just do a riding episode and I'll save all the California rides for the California episode. But if you live anywhere, if you're, you know, I know we have listeners in Australia, I know we got listeners in Canada, I know we have some in Korea, Venezuela, um, Ukraine, Russia. I don't think it'd be very good to ride there right now in either of those places, but I know that we have people, uh, listeners all over the place and, um, Let's just say you send in your uh, send in your riding. Uh, you know, like what do you like? Where do you like to ride? What would be a perfect ride for you? But I really do for the California episode want to focus on California. Are you a person that would say let's go ride the beach because you live near the beach or you love to ride up uh, the Pacific Coast Highway? Um, or you've never been here before, and when you came, you went up the Pacific Coast Highway and it was total garbage because there was nothing to see except for traffic and an ocean, which isn't really that <laughs> exciting. Um, do you live in NorCal and you love to take people through the twisty redwoods? You know, I've been to NorCal, I just haven't ridden much up there, or actually, I've never ridden in NorCal. Uh, I've driven driven through there, but I already know what roads I would go, want to go ride on uh, up there if I were to if I were to ride and. Um, so yeah, like in my head, I have what would be cool, but maybe you live in NorCal and you're like, no, listen, you have to take this epic road or there's this cool little spot that you know, a lot of bikers go to, blah, 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 blah. We're going to talk about that stuff uh, on an upcoming episode and I'm working on a blog post about it now. I've been working on it for like a week and uh, started started working on it, got busy with some other crap and um, I'm, I'm going to come back, I'm going to post it and after I post it, uh, hopefully it'll get some traction. And in the meantime, it'll give you some time to, uh, to send some stuff in. You can do it one of two ways. You can email the show creative writing podcast at gmail.com or slam at creative writing. Uh, it's just the same email for the social slam. Uh, you can do a voicemail, uh, uh, like recording on your phone and email that to us or put it in a Dropbox or whatever you need to do. Um, have a pigeon deliver it deliver a reel-to-reel tape. Probably take three pigeons to deliver that, but do whatever you got to do to get it here. Um, I think you get the picture. Send it however you want. We just want the content, and we want want it to be um, what your your ride would be, uh, either in California or wherever you're at. Uh, I'm interested to see what's the cool stuff in, uh, like, you know, go to Snowy Mountains in, uh, in Australia. Go to uh, ride down the Amazon in... Um, Amazonia. And actually, yeah, stuff like that. All right. Let's get into the current events. That is, uh, that's it for the creative writing, uh, call to action. Uh, the current events today is the SoCal cycle swap meet happening at Long Beach, uh, at the veteran stadium down there. I could tell you, I mean, it's not today yet, obviously when I'm recording this, but I could tell you, tell you if the weather is anything like it's been the last couple of days, it's going to be a pretty wet one. I'm not sure how the turnout's going to be. But they do them rain or shine, so guaranteed it will be there starting next week. This is so freaking exciting. Uh, Daytona Bike Week is starting in uh, Daytona, Florida. If you're not from the States, or if you're from the States, but you're from somewhere like Iowa and you're not 100% sure where Florida is, 
I think everybody knows where Florida is after uh, the past couple of years, um, in the States at least. But uh, yeah, down there, uh, Daytona Bike Week kicks off and it's just a bunch, a bunch of events uh, going, but it really is the start of the racing season, partially because uh, AFT short track, uh, the AFT season, which is American flat track, that's going to start, uh, Mar- it starts March 9th through 11th. There's going to be uh, the short track first, uh, one and two, the Daytona 200 is happening. The King of the Baggers racing is, is kicking off uh, this, this uh, at this you know, event. And so, and then there's always like a motocross and a supercross thing. And I think that there are some even local clubs that are probably doing like trials and scrambles and stuff like that. Uh, March 26th is the SoCal cycle swap meet at Long Beach Veterans Stadium here in Long Beach. I bet you by March 26th, it will be a hundred degrees. I think that this weather that we're having now it's very uncharacteristic. I bet you 12 bucks, 12 and a half bucks, 12.75 if you feel daring. By March, it's at least back into the high 80s, uh, maybe maybe into the 90s or 100s. Um, April 1st, Biltwell 100s happening out in Ridgecrest. That's going to be awesome. Go to builtwell.com, check it out. They've ha- they have a bunch of little events here and there. They sponsor a bunch of events. I think they helped sponsor like Flat Out Friday and maybe some other stuff like that. They're, they've Sponsor a whole bunch of stuff, but this is a Biltwell event. This is their desert race. It's the Biltwell 100. Caters mostly to, you could probably guess it, a lot of the uh, crazy Harley Hooligan uh, Sportster off-road bikes and crazy stuff like that. So go check it out. They also have other classes for other bikes, so it's not just going to be a bunch of Harley bros out there. They have a whole bunch of cool stuff um, happening. And and I think this is a number... I don't know if this is two or three. I can't remember. I know they had one last year, and I can't remember if that was the first one or not. But, yeah, it looks like a total blast. I plan on going to spectate uh, this year. April 1st, it's not a joke. Uh, April 15th, Classic Track Day at Big Willow, uh, Big Willow Springs International Raceway up there in Rosemont, California. It's part of the Gulch. Uh, April 15th and 16th is the Grand Prix Um uh, classic Motorcycle Festival, guess where? Yes. So there is going to be a Classic Track Day on the 15th, which a bunch of fun stuff going on, uh, barbecue, bands, blah, 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 blah. 16th will be the Grand Prix. And I think a morning school, perhaps, or another, or like a practice session. I'm not 100% sure, but I know that for both of those days, one of them is going to be a Track Day, one's going to be the Grand Prix. Uh, April 23rd, uh, we're back at Long Beach. SoCal Cycle Swap Meet uh, is happening at uh, Long Beach uh, Veterans Stadium. Excuse me. <clears throat> May 6th, the Californian. Actually, before I get out of that, uh, April 15th and 16th, I believe, is also MotoGP at Coda in Austin. So uh, that's always happening. That's always a good times. And I think a boys from Nokoboda are going to be there because they invited me to go. So we'll see what happens, guys. I, I have a feeling that I'm backing out already if you're listening to this, but uh, you already know that because we've already talked. Um, May 6th, the Californian's happening at Santa Anita Park here in uh, beautiful Arcadia, California, which is a horse track. What's the Californian then? Well, it's a motorcycle show, and actually there's a lot of classic uh, cars and stuff that show up there that happens on the infield. So come on down to uh, Santa Anita Park, the infield. You show up early. You get get to see the horses practicing. 
and then you get to see them race in the afternoon. It's pretty sweet. And they're going to have, of course, uh, vendors and, and uh, food and drink there and all that fun jazz. Uh, May 19th through 20th, the Hanford Cycle Show and Swap Meet at Kings County Fairgrounds in Central California uh, is happening. Um, and that's it. That's all I got. Uh, and then they repeat themselves. So let me shut up. I'm going to beat it. Let's throw on a little quick break and we'll get into some, uh, well, you'll see. We'll be right back with some more creative writing. Mm, what's that smell? They're at it again. The folks at RP Enterprises solving two world problems with one great solution. You got a hankering for some of grandma's hush puppies? Sure you do. They're delicious. You love them. Well, how about solving world hunger and the pet overpopulation problem with one easy, simple, tasty solution? Fist Puppies from RP Enterprises. Never have to listen to a Sarah McLaughlin song again about it. Fist Puppies available only at Hetty's on Fourth Street. For over 131 years and several months, Clobman's has been supplying quality pickles to motorcyclists the world over. Legendary icons such as Sylvester Roper, Oscar Hedstrom, William Harley, Betsy Stringfield, Frank Willoughby Cotton, Evil Knievel, Nikki Hayden, and Sachiro Honda have all quenched their desires for a thick, juicy pickle sliding across their greasy, willing lips with none other than a fine specimen from Klopman's. Join the Hall of Fame, win your first race, impress the judges, put a Klopman's in your mouth, and a championship trophy on your shelf. Klopman's, not for dreamers, for doers. Klopman's, the only pickle for motorcyclists. posting a story I'm just changing the song i'm just no when it comes to distracted driving just don't sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds but in that time your car can travel the length of an entire football field any distracted driving just isn't worth it visit stoptextsstoprex.org a message brought to you by the national highway traffic safety administration Project Yellow Light and the Ad Council. Well, no, no, just, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, yeah, too late, too late. We're already gone. We're already gone. Um, <laughs> well, everybody, welcome back to Creative Writing, and uh, thanks for sticking around after the break. We are here at, uh, in the house with us uh, is the Bothan Spy. I don't even know where that comes from. I think I got that from Jensen Beeler, uh, Asphalt and Rubber, but uh, I think it might come from Star Wars, for all I know. But yeah, we. Um, there's a few shows that we're just talking about AIM recently and all the fun, great stuff that was there. And I listened to them and I was like, trash, you know, I, I want to hear what, uh, what you saw there. So back on the show with us, it's been a little bit since you've been on, but we got whiskey back on the show and, What's uh, going on? not much, man. You, uh, recently moved from California <laughs> and you're a little bit closer to aim so i have was, escaped yeah you you, you can time for me you can buy all of those super tuners that you see <laughs> on uh that you, you that you saw at aim now from harley davidson and which, uh which is what i was shopping for <laughs> yeah yeah you just can't install them because harley's like anti um <laughs> rip right to right to repair <laughs> so but yeah i know you you re- recently moved uh out of california uh, into the Vegas area, you got all your 
Harley Davidson stuff over there. You you're uh, you switched residency, so you are our uh, writer in residence now for the Vegas area. <laughs> and um, yeah, you you went to aim for us, took one for the team, and uh, it kind of sucks that they had it in the middle of the week. Um, I mean, it was in the middle of the week last time it was there too. But the thing is, is that my kids are older now and uh they don't they don't go to the same school with my wife so it's like i actually had a dad a little bit and i couldn't get out of couldn't get out of taking him to to bop over there and hang out with you otherwise i'm sure you would have gave me on a a ride on the back of the harley down to the uh, convention center oh yeah uh, (laughs) we could have went through aim so um yeah man i'm gonna leave it up to you to to tell us what was there and uh i know this year it wasn't at any cool um you know in any crazy out of the way place. It was at the convention center. And also, I mean, it's always been kind of B2B business to business for the first few days. And then the public would come in like, you know, toward the end of the week, but this past few years, uh, when it was virtual. And then this is the first, uh, back in person, I think since 2020, it is strictly now business to business. So I don't think they have anything going on over the weekends. There's no more cool demo rides as far as yeah. I know. Um, you'll, you'll have to tell me, but there was but, some. Oh, was there? Okay, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So walk us through it, man. What was it? Um, what was the atmosphere and was it uh, big or small? And I know that's kind of hard for you to answer since I think that was your first time, but just from your yeah. first impression, was it, was it bigger than you thought or smaller than you thought? First time, the first time there was, it was pretty good. Um, it uh, it's the, it was at the convention center. It's um it took up the second floor of the southern hall. Okay. Okay. Um you know, SEMA is like, you know, SEMA takes up the whole place. So Got gotcha, you. Okay. Compared to SEMA, this is a t- tiny little show, but Got gotcha, you, know, you. Okay. Compared to other shows I've attended at the convention center, this one took up the whole floor. So it was I was I was actually pretty good. Yeah, okay. And it was on the second floor, which is weird cuz it seems like it'd be hard to do test rides down the stairs and out into the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there was there was something going on, on the first floor, but I didn't I, I didn't walk by to see what it was. Gotcha. But they were setting up stuff for some on the first floor. So. Uh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, the show was great. Um, walked in there. Um, without the public, I think it's a lot more manageable in terms of um, controlling the amount of attendees. I think. Yeah, I gotcha. So there was, it feels like there was more spacing, you know, all the, all the post COVID six foot, blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. All that stuff. So, um, it gave me, you know, gave, gave everybody a little more walking room in the aisleways and stuff like that, that which, no, I felt that way. I couldn't go there the first day on Wednesday. So I went there the second day and then, um, I, I was done by about, See, I think the show would open up like nine o'clock and I was done about one o'clock. So, okay. So it was like an, it was about a, four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty decent thing. I feel like um, IMS is like that too. I mean, you can walk the whole thing in like a few minutes and see what you're going to do. You know what I'm saying? Like same, same sort of vibe. Is it, yeah. you don't need multiple days there unless you're wheeling and dealing and doing business, um, or listening to the seminars. Yeah. Did you, uh, see anything there that caught your eye? Anything I'm sure if you're, I'm sure if you're a dealer and you're there, like talking to like more people, you probably take up more time. Yeah, yeah. You know, the first thing, the first thing I went to obviously was the big, um, the big manufacturers, the OE sponsors, and, sp- and stuff like that. So, um, first I hit was Yamaha. I mean, I'm sorry, Suzuki. Yeah, 
Suzuki was the first one to hit. That was the closest to the entrance. So, you know, I, the new bikes that came out, I'm sure you're aware of that. Yeah, it's funny because right. they re- they've told us about them, but they didn't release them yet. And I think I think it's funny that, that since there's no IMS or anything like that, they picked AIM as their jump off point here in the states to to showcase those. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty, pretty yeah cool. The progressive that progressive sponsor show is pretty much gone. So yeah, I know. You, I don't you don't think that's coming <laughs> back, right? I you know what? It's when it goes on a hiatus like that, it's really hard to tell. I mean, it could be five years and it's back, but I, it's just hard. There's not, I haven't heard anything in the wind, and I know quite a few people that work there, and I haven't heard anything about future plans. It's just like, yeah, so this is it, man. This aim, aim is yeah. going to be it, yeah. and probably next year I'm going to have to uh, work some magic and just sh- you know show up, and we'll have to go together. <laughs> so, yeah, so I checked out the bikes, um, you know, got the mandatory uh, info that I needed for work. <laughs> right. And what did you think but- of the bikes? Do they... Bikes are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm kind of thinking how the parallel twin power compares to like the V twin power, because uh-huh. that was one of my my few questions, and I'm still kind of in you know having having doubts about that because Suzuki basically told me that they're going to keep both of them going. Yeah. So right, they're going to have the SV650. They're going to have the S8 going at the same time. Same with the uh, the, the V Strom six hundred and fifty and the new V Strom eight hundred. Yeah. So the eight hundred is a parallel, and then and then you've got the V V V twin power for the six hundred and fifty. So right. Um, they I was told that I was told by them that they should be out by June, by somewhere around mid mid summertime. So June July of okay. this year. Um, they're gonna try to keep all four bikes going, which is kind of. <laughs> Which I was kind of like, I was like, wow, yeah, it, it's you know, it's going to be a lot more busier and a lot more, you know, dude. Dig this though. There. I mean, Suzuki's been making the GSXR 750 even after people quit making, like Honda quit making 750s years ago. That's true. S- Suzuki, or I'm sorry, Kawasaki quit making 750 years ago, and yeah. now, and, and Yamaha quit with the. um uh, there's like uh, they had like the FZ 750 or whatever years ago, oh. and now it's coming back around. Yamaha's jumping back in the game with the R7. I think Honda might be having, or actually, I think the Transalp was gonna um, share some 750, uh, or or maybe a little bit more uh, parallel twin with like the NC 750. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and Honda could make a sport bike with that 750 parallel twin and have something to compete against Yamaha. But I think Suzuki just keeps at it until things come back like a broken watch, man. It's right twice a day. Right. So I think Suzuki just hangs on until people come back, around, <laughs> come back around to what they're doing. So it is kind of funny. I think that that, I think that's what they're doing. They just, they're going to keep all these bikes. People are going to drop off and they're going to be the only ones offering a 650 V twin still, you know? <laughs> So, I wonder if I wonder if manufacturing of the parallel twin is going to be cheaper than manufacturing the twin engines. Right, That's I think so. I think so, and I think the fact that people want a skinny motor still, but they but they don't want that V. I mean, the V you can do the same thing with Vs that you can do with parallel twins, but Vs run a. Here's what I think it is. I think they run just a tiny bit rougher, and everybody. That's why everybody is going to the parallel twin. You know, the Africa twin was a parallel twin even back when it was like a 900 now it's like 1100 um the uh you know the 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 Tenere 700 that's a parallel twin the Triumphs are all parallel twins um 
uh, on their smaller displacement tigers and stuff like that. So I think I yeah. think just what's going on is that, that like it's such a predictable power um, delivery that I think that's why they're going with it. And this mid range market right now is huge. Like you got the Tenere 700 that trans Alp, I think was only at 800. The one that's coming back, uh, in Europe right now. Um, I am pretty sure that was only at 800 Suzuki. Um, I'm sorry. Kawasaki has still has the, uh, the versus 650. And I think, you know, S- Suzuki didn't that's have anything real. in that mid range. Wow. They had the, uh, um, well, I guess they had the V strom 650, but, um, they didn't have anything in this like 700 class slash 800 class that everybody else is making. You know what I'm saying? So I, right. I just have a feeling that's why they did that. And the fact that everybody's going to parallel twins, it was, uh, it's a pretty reliable, um, and pretty outsourceable thing. I mean, I know a lot of parallel twins are, are coming from all over the world right now. I mean, look, Royal Enfield's got them now. They're not, you know, they're, they're, if they're stepping into the game with parallel twins, like everybody's, uh, everybody's doing it. And so I think, <laughs> yeah, there's gotta be something somewhere that's made it, made it, uh, you know, just interesting for them to step into that, that, yeah. uh, design. True. Yeah. So after, after looking at those two bikes, I kind of walked over and I went over to the Yamaha section. Okay. Unfortunately, there wasn't anything there. Um, except for, um, <laughs> What's that rider? Fabrizio? <laughs> Fabio? Uh, oh, Quartararo? Yeah, they had his race bike there. Oh, okay, so, okay. Um, you know, so everybody was Googling all over the uh, the, the whiskers and the little tiny uh, the little tiny uh, fairings and stuff on these. Yeah. New, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Dude, that's I was tripping about tripping out about the BMW, um, the S1000. Uh, dude, they got like this year, that thing got winglets like crazy. Like the production <laughs> bike got crazy amount of winglets. And I was like, wait, ready for Yamaha, ready for the, like, you know, the, the, um, the R1 to get something like that, you know? And, and I don't know if this, this was the GP bike, but I'm waiting for like their, you know, the, the street bike to come out with a bunch of like homologated wings on it all over the place. <laughs> yep. Um, while walking there, there was a big, huge e-bike riding area. Yeah. So this was the, this was the same at the LA auto show when I went there, um, is that everybody's going with e-stuff. So a lot of the interior sections of the, uh, of the LA auto show plus they, they've allocated a big, huge section in here with, with, with a cro- with a course in there that you can actually ride most of your e-bikes through. Yeah. So, you know, it was, you know, it was basically, you know, all the electric cars and stuff like that that were driving through uh, LA Auto Show. And this one, they had a big, huge e-bike section. Yeah. Um, the, the crazy thing, too, is when I was sending you all the press info that they kept sending me, like, right before the show, they announced, so like, even before, months before the show, half of it was e-bikes. Bicycles, not motorcycles, you know? Yeah. And then... It's like KTM is going to have some e-bikes there. Husqvarna is going to have some e-bikes there. Gas Gas is going to be have e-bikes there. I think even I don't remember if Motor Marini or MV Agusta had e-bikes there, but there was somebody else that had e-bikes there. Plus all the e-bike companies that were going to be already yeah. be there. So I was like, oh my god, e-bikes are like right now there are like a really hot market, and it's not. It doesn't surprise me to see them showing up at. Um, like aim and motorcycle shows. Cause you and I know from work, I 
uh, listen to some some of those webinars that they they send us and uh so one of the dealerships was saying that their e-bike sales, e-bicycle sales, they're a power sports um dealership, but the e-bicycles have been outselling their personal watercraft and their boats, their marine is like trash. They're like, dude, yeah. this e-bicycle thing, they're cheap. Everybody wants them just to get around. Like that is like the crazy next hot, you know, like, like the Grom, like an easy, look how little the small displacement bikes. And then the next thing you know, people are buying them because they're cheap, right? I think the e-bicycles is the next like Grom or like monkey sort of thing. It's like people are going to yeah. want those because you don't have to have a license to ride them, you know? And that was the other big part of that of what Yamaha bought. Yamaha bought a lot of their e-bicycles. Yeah, so yeah. That was the other part of their display. I think there's a big difference that we that I think there's like classes and stuff that needs to be distinguished, or there might be one already where they're actually an, it's an e-bicycle with the pedals, mm-hmm. and there are e-bikes without pedals. Right. Right. So it's just you literally get on, you twist the throttle, and it, you know it's like literally like a like an electric motorcycle. Right. Versus the ones you you know, there's a battery attached to the down tube or something like that, and you have to sit there and, you know, you could do some pedaling if you want, if you if you ran out of juice or something. So right, did did they? Was everybody there? Uh, pretty much had pedal bikes, right? Um, there was a lot of pedal bikes there, um, and I, I tried picking up one of those Yamaha um, e bicycles, and they're heavy. <laughs> they're yeah, really yeah. heavy. <laughs> Uh, I I can't imagine you know people trying to pedal that thing once Dude, it's out of juice. So. I, I was gonna say, listen, those things are you're like, oh, this is awesome, and then once it runs out of battery and you're the only one doing the work, yeah, it, it suddenly doesn't become <laughs> so awesome. But yeah, the same thing with like the Super Seventy Three is they're super cool and they're fun as hell to ride, but the str- the pedal stroke on the Super Seventy Threes especially is so small. That once that thing ran out of battery, like dude, you would just you would get so gassed trying to pedal it. The the the, the Yamahas that I've ridden, the uh, e bikes that I rode before, had gearing. I mean, even if it was a pain in the ass, you'd still be able to probably like not suffer as much as some of these other fixed geared bikes. Like the, um, I think the Super Seventy Three is fixed geared. If you don't, um, uh, I don't know if they make a shifter like an internal hub or, or an internal like hub shifter or not, but. Like some of these bikes are just like a BMX bike with the motor, and once the juice is out, you're just pedaling. You know what I mean? There's no gears. You're just that. It's you. And yeah, I could imagine that sucking. They're, they they got to be like what sixty pounds, forty pounds, something like that. Yeah. Easy. So yeah, so I stood there and watched the demo section. Well, no, I told you there was a big e-bike course that they set yeah. up. So I'm sitting there looking at it. And most of them were just most of them were bicycles. Yeah, yeah. And and they weren't pedaling through. They were basically like twisting oh, the yeah. throttle to go through the, the you know. To do, to do the electric, you know, the electric part of it to go through the courses, and as soon as they're done, they're all back charging it. So they're constantly <laughs> like, like you know, keeping the batteries up and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm kind of wondering, like, you know, just go out there and pedal. And you know, none of the guys were pedaling; they were just yeah. you know, experiencing the e part of it. But <laughs> yeah, did the lights ever flicker at the convention center because of all <laughs> the e bikes charging? <laughs> or did you see any fires in the in the uh, the e bikes pits? No, um, it, no, there was a lot of bicycles there though. So yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if that's going to be a yeah. I, that probably will become a big thing, but you know, then I'm I'm sitting there wondering, like, you know, when because no, I picked up the Yamaha bike, so yeah. I was like, "Man, this thing's like at least a good, you know, at least a good forty pounds." Yeah, dude, I think Super Seventy Three told me that their bikes are eighty pounds or something like that, and really? that's not that's wow. not light, dude. Like, 
even 60 pounds isn't light when you're like going upstairs with it or something to your apartment. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, <laughs> that's not, and then pedaling with the dead battery that that's like pedaling seven, you know, lightweight, regular mountain bikes. <laughs> so yeah, dude, that's crazy. Uh, that is, uh, I'm, I'm guessing though. I mean, did you, did you ride any of those e-bicycles? No, I did not. Did you, would you, if they had like a frame mounted fairing on them, kind of like, you know, Harley had like a serial one ST version with like this, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> that frame, that fairing on the front. Did, uh, you, you rode one at progressive, didn't you? I, I mean, I've ridden them before. Yeah. I've ridden, uh, a bunch of them before I, I rode, um, let me see at progressive. I, I rode a ton. I can't remember, but I for sure rode the Yamaha's there. Um, I think I rode a Trek. I think Trek's got an electric bike that I rode there because that was one of the first ones where I was like, Oh, Trek is getting into the, into the deal, uh, like motorcycle dealerships. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, cause they have the e-bikes and, um, yeah, there was a couple other ones that I rode too, but yeah, they, uh, you know, that'd be yep. sick. And, and you're right. The, the pedal bicycles, um, they're a hot market right now. Um, and they're popping up in motorcycle dealerships. I think they want people to cross over. I think they want bicyclists to get interested in, uh, perhaps if it's, even if it's an e-motorcycle at first and then maybe a bigger motorcycle later, and they want motorcyclists to get, you know, kind of psyched about the, um, the fact that you can just get a bike and you don't have to actually ride a bike. It's almost like riding your motorcycle, but you don't have to gear up just to go down to the liquor store or whatever. And um, that's what I'm kind of excited about, to be honest, because I've been trying to think of ways to ride with my uh, kids more. And I'm like, dude, I don't want my kids to have to wait to get a motorcycle license, you know? And then I was like, if we all got little e-bikes, e-bicycles that kind of look like little motorcycles basically we could we could just ride around and no one's gonna bat an eye because they're quiet you know if we were zipping around here on like little mini bikes or 50s they would cops would be called on us within like two weeks right like if that probably like the same day but if you're zipping around on an e-bike nobody even hears you so i was like man i kind of i kind of dig those and i know that they're coming they're not like super cheap though either i don't know what the most expensive and what the cheapest ones you saw were but uh, they got a pretty good range <laughs> depending on what they are. And the, I don't know if you saw any Surons or anything there, but those technically aren't bicycles either. Neither are the Ubcos and things like that with without pedals. You know what I'm saying? I wonder how much Harley One is. I'm, I'm... The Serial Ones? I think they yeah. start at like 1500 and they go up to like 3500 or something like that. Maybe, okay. maybe they have a $5,000 version, like the Mountain bike or something like that but they got a whole bunch they got city cruisers they got like hybrids they got like a mountain bike and i and they just they go all up and down in range but they're pretty like on point with rad power bikes and um (laughs) other stuff like that it it seems like there's like a there's like a price level yeah you know where like you know after bicycle you you know somewhere between like you know two thousand to five thousand range or it's probably like the electric bicycles and then five thousand up to like you know Anywhere up to like ten thousand could probably be for like electric bikes, and then, you know, and then and then your motorcycles could be, you know, yeah, anywhere of that range. So yeah, that might be a, that might be part of their strategy too, is because if you just count on people to buy motorcycles, you're missing out on half of the market that could afford like a 
thousand dollar bicycle at for you know and a younger younger kids that can buy excuse me buy a bicycle when they're like you know 16 and then when they're 18 they can come back to you and get their motorcycle you know because they're they're ready to speed up or they're old enough to get their license now yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's probably why they're kind of such a hot commodity right now in the dealership <laughs> in the in the motorcycle segment we're just seeing bicycles pop up we're yeah. going, dude, we're coming full circle because didn't motorcycles start out as bicycles with engines on them? <laughs> now we're, now we're going like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going full circle, dude. We're going back to bicycles now. <laughs> I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed Harley didn't show up with their, you know, serious one or anything like that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there, there was a lot of a lot of manufacturers looking for dealerships. I think that you know this is mostly a, a trade show and this is right. dealership connect. So. KTM, Husqvarna, um, they were all there. Um, the Piaggio group was there. Um, and I, I didn't really see anything that interesting from them. Um, the only other manufacturer that there was kind of interesting was Motor Marini. Right. With so. their their with their Honda Transalp that Honda should have brought to the <laughs> to the show. <laughs> um that's a V twin. Both of those oh, is it a V? Oh, shit. Yes. Okay. I thought it was a P twin. Okay. So I think they announced their US presence. Right. Right. Or their entry into the US market. Right. So I was kind of interested in that. And it's only, it's basically only two models that they're bringing. So it's they're, it's called a six and a half, which is basically V twin 650. Okay. <laughs> and then that, and then that, um, and then that adventure bikes that you were talking about. Okay, yeah, okay. So is that, the six fifty called the is it called the Seis what is is it is that the name of it, the six and a half? Or is it yeah, like the Leoncino or something photos like that? Of it. Um Is it like um, a cafe racer looking bike? It's pretty much like an SV. It's it's a naked oh, okay, okay. It's a naked upright. I got you. Okay. Okay. CZ Mezzo? Yeah, okay. That's probably six and a half in Italian. CZ Mezzo? Yeah. So it, it looks cool. You yeah. know, it's got the I think it's got the little round center um display that everybody's going to the TFT uh right. thing in the center. So um when I looked at it I, I thought it you know it depending on the price. I, I don't think I looked at the prices at all. I I didn't really look at pricing and stuff like that for any of the stuff, but I I just looked at the, you know, I just overall looked at the bike and and as long as they could keep it pretty pretty um uh, uh competitive with with you know other 650s out there they, yeah. they they should be able to get it's basically like a chinese a chinese italian a chinese version of the sv650 coming in under an italian name i think benelli did the same thing benelli is a chinese owned company but all of their crap just like motor marini i think they design it or they have a headquarters in italy where they design a lot of the stuff but it yeah. actually gets made you think it's made in in china i'm pretty sure Huh. I, know, I know a okay. Chinese company owns it, and I'm pretty sure that they manufacture a lot of it in China, in uh, Italy. Although I did just learn something recently. Um, this pa- this past week, I was listening to this um, crazy uh, show about um, basically world trade right now, and it's so crazy because I didn't know this. Um, you know, uh, Trump. Remember when he did like the Chinese tariffs? Uh, 
you know, like his, I think it was his first year of being president. He put all those tariffs on China and China as a result started moving manufacturing to Thailand, started moving manufacturing to Mexico. Like they started opening plants and breaking ground on plants in, in other countries. So just because it's Chinese brand doesn't necessarily mean it's made in China. Um, right. And I think that there's a, there's a thing where, you know, if you, if you want something that's made in China, they'll make you something nice. You just got to pay for it. And if you want it cheap, you're going to pay for it in another, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that there's a bunch of, cause Honda is even making like all their CB 125s are made in China and are, are Chinese made. And, uh, there's, there's a few companies actually that have partnered with, um, components and things like that, that, uh, nobody knew they were Chinese, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, once the, once they, the tariff thing happened and they had to move outside of China to bring it to another country and they could at least have like a facility, a uh, uh, um, assembly facility there to get past the tariffs. And then COVID happened and nothing's coming out of China. So they're really big into moving, um, some of these companies around. And I know the, the, the example that I heard was from, you know, mostly like, textiles and things like that that we're used to seeing like on Amazon and stuff like that or Wayfair, Walmart, things like that, where it was like, hey, if you're not from China, we're not going to buy your crap. And now they're like, hmm, if you're only from China, we're not going to buy your crap because of COVID. Like they can see what happened. So a lot of this Chinese stuff is moving out of China, um, even though it's still Chinese owned. So I'm not 100% sure if... um, my my thing with Benelli and the same with Moto Marini, I always thought that they were Chinese owned but still made in Italy. And then I learned otherwise is now that uh, the bikes are um, pretty much the uh, whatever the company that owns them, like QJ or Shinray or any any of those other or Zongshen, any of those big parent companies are making all the motors and all the frames, and then they're just getting designed in other countries, right? So I don't know if that's uh, going to be 100% true coming up here, you know, in the next like 10 years. Uh, maybe they yeah. will move pr- some production back to Italy to get around tariffs. Maybe they'll open a little factory there and it will be, it'll be Chinese owned, but it will be made in Italy or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of the, the world is uh, uh, a little bit more fluid right now as far as uh, commerce goes. And as you can see at the show, like, not not only things are changing like in the um scheme of things as far as what people are uh get investing in like bicycles and crap but this other other behind the scenes sort of stuff's happening too where all these companies are moving around and buying other you know who who would have known that two italian companies from like the 30s and 40s would have got bought by a chinese company you know yeah. <laughs> it's kind of kind of crazy but I'm the bikes at- the bikes looked good though at least right i mean did the quality look all right it looks like all right. I'm looking at the VIN plate, and the VIN plate the actual actually says Zenjin Marini Motor yeah. Vehicle Company. So gotcha. it, it's probably Chinese made. Uh, yeah. And you know, I'm I'm looking at the VIN number, and you know, I'm looking at the World Manufacturer Index, and it doesn't pop off my mind on exactly what it is yet. So yeah, I, I need to do some research on that. So you would you would if but. it was Japan, you'd probably. No, you'd probably, that, that's probably burned into your mind. Yeah. You're our Vin, Vin guru at, at, at work. And I, I always, 
find it funny when you tell me, hey, this is look where this is made, <laughs> or, yeah. or hey, look at look at this, and it's like, yeah. oh crap. Yeah, that's what I was pointing out to you. Like the BMW G310s are all made in, you know. <laughs> yeah, India, right? So, yeah. India, right? Thailand, they're all going down there. So, yeah, I was looking at Kawasaki last year, and all of their KLX, anything that said KLX on yeah. it, w- was made in. India. I thought yeah. that that was kind of weird. And then this year they have it back in Thailand, I think. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was something with COVID. Maybe they shipped, shifted stuff around for it shipping was shocking reasons. It's because it was getting bigger and bigger, you know, mm-hmm, bigger mm-hmm. CC displacements. You know, it, was, it used to be 150s are made, you know, they, no, dude, the KLR anymore. So they, they, yeah. they, they, you know, so they ship off the shipping to somewhere else. It's even cheaper. And yeah. And, and now it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, shifting and, you know, 400 CC, 650 CCs are all yeah. literally from down there now. So, yep. The K, I was, I was kind of freaked out to see the KLR 650 had the, uh, I think it had the India, um, manufacturing, uh, characters in there. And I was like, Whoa, dude, like that's crazy to me. Um, the yeah. only thing that didn't was like the Ninja 400 or something like that. And I was like, probably cause it's Japanese, um, you know, we talked to our buddy in Japan uh, last year, and he kind of explained to us that 400 is like a key sweet spot for the Japanese market. So they probably keep that at home because that's like what most people buy in Japan. So it's probably uh, they don't need to outsource it to keep the cost low there because that's what the Japanese public's buying. But dude, everything oh, else, yeah, the yeah. 650s and, and and down to the little stuff was all India's. Yeah. Free, like whoa, some of the high end performance uh, racing mm. stuff is probably still all made back. In right? Yeah, I think so. that's. Triumph's thing too, because Triumph, Ducati, um, they all have, I think even Honda, well, I know Honda, they all have manufacturing in Thailand and they keep the good stuff at home and they send like the mass or like lower price stuff overseas for sure. And I I bet, I think all the Ducati monsters um, and stuff like that are made in Thailand, but the Panigale is obviously made in, in Italy and stuff like that. So do I, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I think this could change. And I think what you see, what you saw at that show, I don't know how good the motor Marinis were or how good they'll sell, or if it's like a stigma that, Hey, this is a Chinese owned company, even though it's got an Italian name. I don't know if that's going to really affect the <laughs> people as much as like the sticker price. And if it performs good and it's good, it's a good bike. Hell, you know, the, why not buy it? Yeah, that's true. So, People are gonna buy it and then test it out, and you know, it's it's yeah. the same thing. I think I was watching YouTube videos of people buying, um, you know, basically literally like 150 cc motorcycles off of like Amazon. Yeah, and, and you know, literally you get, get like a you know, a, a, almost a fully assembled bike shipped to them in a in literally <laughs> right. like a tiny little crate where they, you know, have to install the with the handlebars and stuff like that. It literally to get it going. And, yeah, yeah, it's like almost plug and play at this point. <laughs> and there's a lot of guys that I've been watching recently that do, um, excuse me, that do electric stuff like that. Like a lot of Suron dudes and a lot of, uh, yeah. I don't even know the name of some of these companies, but they are electric. They're not bicycles cause they don't have pedals, but they're technically like not street legal bikes either. But these guys ride them on the street and the cops don't pay attention cause they're not making a noise. They think yeah. they, the prop, cops probably don't look to see if their feet are moving. They just see them whiz by and they're like, Oh, it's a mountain bike, you know? And these dudes are like buying these things straight off Amazon or straight from yeah. wherever getting them, like you said, shipped there. And then they're riding basically electric dirt bikes on the street. Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, what else did you see? I'm going to grab a beer real quick, but uh, while you while you tell me, what else did, what else uh, caught your eye there at the show? There was a there was a lot of um, since 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 this is a trade show once once again. There was a lot of there was a lot of people selling things that doesn't actually have a a U.S. Um, distribution uh, setup, you know. So that that was that was the other weird part was that some of these people I've never heard of. And when you walk up to them, they're actually they're looking for dealers, right? And that was that was the that was the important thing. I was like, oh, okay, well, no, you're you're actually still trying to set up, basically, and try to get your foot in the door. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they want to sell in the basically the most popular market and the biggest, you know, U.S. consumer market and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I my I don't speak Mandarin. Uh, did you did your Mandarin come in handy at all while you were there? Mandarin came in handy. I'm nice. telling you, <laughs> <laughs> I. Couldn't tell you the you know last time I went how many people that were, um, yeah they they were they had these um it's like the I don't they were kind of popular like the Rascal or whatever the hell that little like knockoff Grom thing was actually it was a knockoff Ducati and I think it was called the Rascal and I used to see them a few years ago here in LA they were huge and then the people that sold them were there. And they were just, they just had their like ripoff Groms now. They don't make the Rascal anymore, but they had like some Groms that looked like they were just made out of like, uh, I don't know, inch thick tubing welded at Harbor Freight. Like they look pretty terrible, but they were an exact Grom replica. And they're like, hey, we're the company that made um, the Rascal. And they barely, there was only one person that spoke um, English good enough for me to talk to uh, as their rep because everybody else was there to wheel and deal. And it doesn't matter. Who you know? Unless you're talking, you know, I was media pass, so they didn't care really. They they were there to wheel and deal with other people, and I really missed out on some of the conversations because I think a lot of people were there to, like you said, uh, trade or distribute with each other. And there was so much going on there that I was like, oh, there was a lot of vehicles that I didn't. Um, unfortunately, since you know they're not very popular here, or they're hard as hell to get, or they're not California legal. <laughs> we, we don't tend to like focus on them and we don't do that stuff at our work. So um, it's really interesting though, to see how much of these little weird companies there are out there. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it's cool that you get to talk to those people. I, I should, I need to have you as our official, like, you know, <laughs> small business uh, weirdo business, you know, um, insider. I, I was, I was get walking these. down those aisles and just literally listened to them and talking Chinese. Seriously. You know, um, there was one thing that caught my mind. They, they, they had these. They had a super big booth, and it was something called Go Wow. Mm. G O W O W. Okay. And it was literally an electric dirt bike. Oh, sick. Okay. And I was like, oh, I was like, hey, this looks kind of cool. And you know, they spent a no, they must spend a ton of money. They're advertising. Yeah. Then I realized, you know, they don't really have a U.S. established presence. Gotcha. And they're basically trying to get it. I mean, I figure. That's kind of cool to have, you know, an electric dirt bike that you don't have to kind of deal with the uh, the street riding and the right. um, national highway safety, all that stuff. You don't but, have to deal also with, with obviously a carb and the green and the California. I mean, they got rid of the stickers, the green and red sticker thing for this year, but you also don't have to worry about that when you are trying to import your electric bike to 
50 states, it's already pretty much legal as long as it's got the right stickers on it. So yeah, you're right. Like you don't have to worry about all the testing and licensing. You just got to get it out and some get someone's eyes on it. But then I was, I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, if you're in the middle of, you know, Akatio, you know, once the battery runs dry, what are you going to do? Oh, that's true. That's (laughs) also true. (laughs) Hey, solar panels, dude. (laughs) Oh, how long of a how long of a power extension cable do you need? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that is that would be pretty scary to get lost out there. Here's here's what we need to do. This is why I need you. We need to go around to all these little companies and make inroads. Open up a side business as a dealership for all this crap. You know, just selling the weird weirdest off the wall shit that's probably not even going to be around for like a year and a half. You know, who, who knows when they'll be back? But what we need to do also is find a company that makes. A jacket, riding jacket that's solar panels. So you just plug it straight into your bike, and you help charge your bike. And and uh, we could sell it all at our at our crappy dealership out there in the middle of the desert. Start developing, um, you know, solar panels on you know the fenders, and then exactly. you know, make their whole bike on you know. Oh but- shit! Listen to this. How's this? You we we get um we license the rights to. You know that when you're going to Vegas, that crazy big solar farm that you pass out there? <laughs> we license the rights to build some charging stations so you can ride in from the desert and charge up there and then ride back oh. out <laughs> to the desert. I, to I don't shop. know. Uh, te- Tesla might have something to say te- about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, we'll license from that. I don't care. Listen, me and you are going to open a shop out there in the middle of nowhere because it'll be dirt cheap to open it and we'll just sell all this crazy crap. No one will ever come back to us and complain because they won't be able to find us half the time. But <laughs> it'll just be within riding distance of that solar uh, farm and the Tesla factory. And then and then, <laughs> who cares? Hey, once you're, once you're out of sight, you're out of mind. You know, we'll, we won't uh, we'll have to find us. But yeah, we'll do a pop-up shop. How's that? <laughs> I, I, know there's a, I know there's a European car company where they put literally solar panels on every single one of their panels. Crazy. And they're trying to bring that into the U.S. market to sell. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, the power panels, the, the solar panels, have such crappy rates. Oh, yeah. That you need to literally park the car out there for like a whole day just to drive it like 50 miles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, and, to, and days like the last two days here, I mean, I don't know about you, but shit southern california hasn't seen the sun in, <laughs> in two or three days so yeah you'd be shit out of luck for uh getting anything you know um, yeah, i was thinking about doing you know i was thinking at work and i was like everybody's going electric why don't we you know put solar why don't they put solar panels on on yeah hyundai i think hyundai's tried to do that with you know maybe a maybe a tiny little strip on like the uh the rear spoiler or something like that but yeah Nothing That's like not this, gonna do much. No, nothing like this <laughs> British car, which has it like literally on every Everywhere. single, like, like yeah. the hood, the roof, the the, the the trunk, and it was like, right. And I was like, I was like, oh hey, here's the car. That's trying to do what? No, what I was thinking. And then when you read up about it, the spec is like, ar, ar, ar. yeah, it gets six <laughs> miles for every hour in the sun. Uh, you know what's funny is that like your it would look like your car was made of carbon fiber and it looked all cool, but it was really just solar <laughs> solar panels. There's a um I think they're in I wanna say they're in the San Francisco area, but there's a company called Aptera that actually one of the guys that was on the show um just at the end of the end of last year, just got like a couple months ago. Um, and then one of the listeners wrote in and said, Yeah, I invested in that company too. And they, the car you can buy it with like 
you can it's, you can get it just battery, or you can get it with a um, solar hood, a roof, and like a little tail section. You can like e- each panel that you add adds a little bit more to the price, but they're trying to do that same thing. And it says that the solar panels adds like another like hundred miles or something like that. But who knows if that's after a week in the sun? <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, what I, I know you are a, uh, well, I know you are, but I don't know if the listeners know that you're also, um, my go-to Harley aficionado and <laughs> you got all the, the inside scoop on Harley. They were, well, they weren't there, but there was some Harley stuff there, right? That your you Harley compadre. <laughs> yeah. You're my Harley compadre, man. <laughs> there was, um, yeah. So after all the dealerships, um, though, there was quite a few, uh, uh interesting, um, vendors, so no, Tucker was a big one. Um, parts parts unlimited. Drag specialty was there. Nice. Um, although they were really, I think they were they weren't presenting anything at all. Literally, yeah. They just had they just had like one display with all their catalogs. Basically, they were signing up uh, dealerships. Basically, right. So it was really weird. Did, did you put our name on the list for our soon to be <laughs> fictitious uh, dealership? <laughs> Um, Tucker was there. Tucker had a really big display. So, yeah. um, it, it's crazy. Cause I just have been reading about them like every other week where they are getting big into, um, I want to say Tucker is investing in their future of electric stuff. So they're getting, they're getting like, uh, all sorts of like grants and, and invest investors right now so that they can expand their electric uh, lineup, uh, lineup of I don't know ex- accessories and stuff for electric vehicles or and all these electric bikes. Maybe they're going to start selling aftermarket crap for like Surons and uh, <laughs> Zeros. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I, everybody's everybody. I mean, it's not just this. It's not just these weirdo companies that you see. It's the like aftermarket part companies like yeah. that too. You, you got to have the support in there. Yeah, to get a popular. Um, yeah. I think they got rid of the rocky part of it. I think it's just Tucker now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I was I I love you know I love all these vendors with when they put their catalogs online. So I was telling them you know I just go to catalog and I just I whenever I have free time like at work or something maybe yeah <laughs> you just open up and just start browsing their catalogs and go oh yeah, oh, yeah this item this item's good this item's good and then. Yeah. You write down the write down the part number. You literally go to the dealer and just say, "Order this part number." Done. Yeah. You know? Hey, it's work research, man. We got to know what's <laughs> we got to know what's out that fits uh, the stuff we're writing. I've, no, I've done my pre shopping. You don't need to sell me anything else. Yeah. Just order me this part. <laughs> exactly. I love doing that. Exactly. Yeah, I know exactly what I want because I've been looking at it all week. <laughs> um, yeah, them and uh, if it wasn't Parts Unlimited, I think it was Parts Unlimited last year. They actually hired a, a, a representative specifically for bicycles, uh, electric bicycles. Yeah. So I, they hired somebody just to research that market and like totally support that market too. So both, both of those companies are getting into ones, get into the electric power sport side of things. And one of them's focusing on the electric bicycle sort of thing. And it's funny that you go to aim and that that's like the majority of the stuff you see, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No, there was a also also a couple other Harley stuff, you know, like uh, Orleans was there, mm. um, Vance and Hines was there, um, KN was there. Um, so I, I had to stop by, you know, chat with them a little bit about Harleys and stuff like that. So yeah, the, you got to. 
the most interesting part was the uh, was the Moto America. Okay, Moto America was there, and they had a uh, a stripped down bagger there. Oh no, advertising advertising their bagger series. Yeah, I think it was um I think it was a Jiffy Lube. Uh, paint. Oh yeah, Jiffy um, Tune. No, oh, Jeffy Tune. Yeah, yeah. They had they had one stripped out. Um, you know, they had one stripped out uh, bagger bike there. There, that's what they were advertising. And I I know that they had, they literally like doubled the amount of races. So that's that's the cool yeah. part. Dude, I know what 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 people thought was a fluke back in 2018 has turned into like the one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best race series. And a lot of people will badmouth it, but it's funny. On one hand, now if you have it's like it's like racing a um a minivan, and now all of a sudden minivans are like the next are like the new sport <laughs> sport machine that everyone wants, right? No. Yeah. However, it's all it, it also you know, there's nowhere for these things to, who would have expected people to race a bagger? And I just think it's cool that people are doing it and they're kind of showing what these things can actually do. And Jiffy tune, uh, him and, uh, the Tony from, uh, uh, shred moto, literally the two, two of the main guys that started racing Harley Davidson's at a track. And now the bagger racing league has kind of come out of that. And we interviewed them. I think we were the very first podcast interview with those two guys back in like 2017. And now, you know, five years later, bagger racing is a thing. Bagger racing league is going strong. And that's awesome that they had that thing there. Did you pick that up? Was it as much as the Yamaha (laughs) electric (laughs) electric bicycle? I'm telling you, headlights were stripped out. Yeah. No, no speakers, no glove box. Everything's gone from that. Everything's gone in from the front end of that thing, I, dude. I bet you they were within like a hundred pounds of that Yamaha e bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> no floor plate, and the seat is literally—it's not like a—it's not like a really comfy. Um, oh no, it's a piece of foam. Bagger seat. It, it, yeah. It's really tall. I think it's designed for the guy to lean over. No, to, to, oh, gotcha. Okay, to bend over and be aerodynamic as, as much as possible. But yeah, it was totally cool to see that thing there and chat with the with the well, you know, Moto America people. Yeah, so. that is pretty awesome. It's awesome that they have had so much success with it that they expanded the race series too. I, the last time I saw Harley's race was the XR twelve hundred class, and I thought that was I loved that class. I loved those bikes, and who knew that. Uh, in the absence of the Bronx that Harley would have started racing baggers of all things. <laughs> so, um, I'm yeah. sure they got, I'm sure they got all the touring bikes, people excited and stuff. So. Yeah. You know, I, it is, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's exciting to see oh. this, you know, the only guy who, who used to get excited at races, just the sportster dudes. Cause that's what they were racing the version of at flat track is the XR 750. And they, they haven't had a small displacement sportster like 750 in a while, you know? <laughs> and so those were the only dudes excited about stuff. And like, now that you're racing baggers, the bagger daddies have something to be excited yeah. about. Like I'm, I'm telling you, dude, they made, they made the Chevy suburban a race car and they're, and they're <laughs> going crazy with it. And, uh, Super Hooli- the super hooligans has a, uh, a bunch of different classes and they're all racing, um, I mean, they're not racing only Harleys and, and Indians, but they're racing a little bit of everything. But it spawned like all these little tiny other race series based off the fact that yeah. you don't have to have a sport bike to race now. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I've been interested in the King of the Baggers ever since it came out. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I think they said that Harley bought a couple more people, so they're, I'm not sure, to make that. Yeah. 
yeah that, that's what i was told so <laughs> it's so. so crazy i mean they had kyle wyman tyler o'hara i think danny eslick was racing the baggers at one point yeah. um and yeah. not only that but uh i think ryan sipes raced and he's like a uh motocross dude you know what i'm saying like i think he yep. raced king of the baggers or maybe he raced the hooligans i don't i don't know exactly but you got all this crossover that this thing's bringing yep. and james Foley was uh was mostly oh, dirt track i think oh he yeah raced, yeah yeah uh, he raced baggers last year yeah yep. yeah he was a dirt track dude and then all the hooligan yep. guys like frankie garcia and and those guys that are racing um uh, racing in it and they're they're racing like the super hooligans and the bagger racing league too i mean it's, it's just yeah it's nuts dude it's 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 <laughs> spawned this whole new subcategory of racing that i think is pretty fantastic it's just like you don't have to have a, a zx10r or a yzfr1 to go racing anymore you know you can do it on the super hooligans to do it on ktm you know Dukes, just take that rogue live strip, uh, street glide that you, uh, there wreck you go. And just start stripping parts off. Of exactly, it. there you go. <laughs> By the way, when you sell your when you sell your bike, it, yours will probably be way too high in value whenever you trade yours in. But uh, my uh, uh, old co-host Wiggins is looking for. He's got a crashed <laughs> uh, crashed road glide. I think he's looking for because he's he's going to go racing this year with the King of the Bagger. Or, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, with the Bagger Racing League. So he's trying to build one right now for for pretty cheap. I think he's got about five grand in the bank for for an old crashed road glide. All he's right. gonna gonna get well, it when I get that when I get that new road glide three. We'll talk. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> We're actually looking into that. I, I actually, we well, you know, we started that. So that thing, uh, looks, uh, yeah, that road glide three looks crazy when they announced it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And now it's like it's real. It's, it's really here. Oh, yeah, people were doing that already, you know, aftermarket wise. And then, yeah. you know, Harley's just like, oh, I'll just do a factory then. <laughs> I know, which I saw at the Biltwell Parts and Labor Show. I saw a pretty sick trike that had, you know, it had like an FXR fairing or something on it, if I remember correctly. It, it definitely wasn't a bagger fairing if I, if my memory serves me. And yeah, it looked pretty, pretty tight, dude. It was, I got to admit, it was pretty sick. And uh, yeah, Harley's like, dude, why are we missing out? Like, what the hell? And they, boom, Road Glide 3. It's <laughs> funny that they call it Road Glide 3 and didn't make up a, a separate name for it, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> it, it's got Cause, cause Road Glide is such a big name, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got like identity. It's already got like a, yeah. yeah. They don't have to um, file another trademark for another name. You know what I'm saying? I was thinking they, they just, could do like Road Trike or something like that. But Yeah, yeah. that would have been, yeah. Road glide because they already got the tri glide, so they really couldn't call it that. But road yeah. trike that would have been a good one. Or, but the freewheelers going black is pretty cool too. I, I kind of like that. Yeah, I dude. Here's what I think: when the freewheeler first came out, I thought this is a bike that I would love to throw some all-terrain tires on because it kind of looks like you can throw car tires on those. I would love to throw some all-terrain car tires on those things and just bomb across like the plane, like the Mongolian. Uh, desert, you know what? What was the the Gobi? Is that the yeah. desert in Mongolia? Yeah. Just bomb across Mongolia, fly through the Gobi Desert on that thing, and like, yeah, that <laughs> that bike looked awesome to me. And I can't believe they're coming now. They're expanding. Uh, you know, a few years later, they're moving on. That's going to be the next big segment is the uh, three wheeled Harleys. I think. I, I want to test ride one. 
but none of the uh, Vegas uh, Harley dealerships um, order those the demo mm. trucks like like the ones in San Diego does. Gotcha, so, gotcha. It's kind of yeah. weird. I was talking to them about it, and they said it costs like 18 G's for the dealers to get. Oh one. wow! <laughs> so um, I know, I know, um, I know. Harleys do have demo rides um, with trikes, but they make you watch a special video because right. Because they don't the, counter steer, right? Yeah, I, I guess when you, yeah, it's more of an upper body workout, and then you know, I, I, I should have, I should have, you know, watched the video and, and took one for a test ride when I was back there. But so, well, you're not that far. I mean, you're only what six hours. You're only four hours from LA. Yeah. Come out here. I wouldn't need to ride all the way back there. To yeah, <laughs> watch exactly. the video. To take a <laughs> right, right. It's You're probably a hell. You could ride to freaking Arizona <laughs> just as easy as riding back to San Maybe, Diego. Now. Probably depends. Yeah. I don't know if. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was I was kind of disappointed when none of the dealerships out here. You know, I was like test. I was like, yeah, demo days. Um, they're all dirt, and everybody's like, yeah, she's coming to ride one of our stock bikes. And I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah. No. Demo bikes have um Milwaukee um or, or yeah, Wisconsin plates. Oh, okay. They're, they have silver you. Wisconsin plates and they're literally like you know, they're literally like like riding f- from Harley, so Right. You go and they probably go right back to Harley after they're done demoing. But yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if Harley crushes them or not afterwards, but you know, you could actually ride them like, you know, not not like a dealer stock bike. I, I yeah, I heard you can you can uh, yeah. later you can buy a um, tool cart that's a crushed uh, demo bike. <laughs> and they, they just crush it into the shape of a tool cart and put some caster wheels on it. it uh, yeah, because you know if you if you do something to the dealer stock bikes and all of a sudden they go well no hey now it's time for you to buy it you know it's like yeah <laughs> you break it you buy it and then they push you over <laughs> buy it uh, yeah no that's that's pretty funny um speaking of well we'll get into that in a sec but uh yeah speaking of that is there so that was i i'm really excited that they had that at aim too because it's not often that you see a race series uh showcased at a, a business to business expo you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh so that is pretty cool that they had that there i know suzuki i know angel sampi was there on day one uh, talking about um, her racing career. I know Suzuki had to have talked about the Vance and Hines uh, riders, you know, the new Vance and Hines Suzuki team. I'm pretty sure they announced that there uh, while they, while Vance and Hines and Suzuki were both at that show. Um, and then that's awesome that they doubled down and did that Moto America thing. Was there anything else, any other racing series? Like I'm sure they didn't, it sounds like they didn't do, flat track or anything like that no there wasn't much else in terms of that um trying to think if i trying to think if i can remember anything else um no moto america was just so yeah it was it was just so it was just so interesting you know so excited to sit there and talk to them and yeah and i don't remember anything else (laughs) no i I probably wouldn't have either uh because what happens in vegas stays in vegas i don't know if that (laughs) applies to somebody that lives there now so (laughs) does that mean you can do whatever and it just doesn't doesn't technically ever happen oh that's That's sick oh my god yeah i'm gonna have to come visit my brother and when i do i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you up and, and i'll have to have you take me on a one of the cool rides out there um 
And then maybe I can I can sit on back and hold the microphone in front of you, and we can do another podcast together. <laughs> we'll do all right, bitch, and we'll do another yeah, you're, podcast. You're gonna hold up your you're gonna hold up your own mic and your own camera. Yeah. You're riding. You're riding. Follow me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, no, that'll be fun. I, I I'll have to hit you up when I come when I come out. I'm planning on coming out in a, in a couple months, but I'm waiting until until it gets warm because I know Vegas isn't. Uh, the desert gets pretty cold, surprisingly, in the wintertime too. So I don't know what what it's like right now for you guys, or if this storm is going to make it all the way over there. But uh, I, th- I think tomorrow, I th- I, eventually, some of your rains down there <laughs> does yeah. make it over here. So yeah, um, well, shit, like it's crazy because. Vegas floods. Vegas is in the middle of a freaking <laughs> floodplain, and I know the strip floods all the time. My, uh, you know, my brothers lived there for over a decade now, and he's like, man, every year the strip floods and like where, yep. um, yep. Uh, sh- I can't remember the name of the hotel, but it's right across from the link. It's like uh, the Bellagio or something like that's all built like in the middle of the floodplain, and all the parking garages used to flood. They kind of had to like divert the the water and it would like even sweep like the uh, construction equipment out so i was like dude this isn't this isn't like a little puddle we're talking about he's like no it was like raging river like through the strip i was like yeah sweet yeah yeah they, they build a bunch of water diversion channels and stuff like that um yeah i remember way back because um northern vegas is the, the the lower portion of it so if you're in the southern vegas part you're actually in the up, up in the highlands gotcha so if you if you take one of the roads that goes from north, uh, south all the way to north there's, there's a big downhill yeah oh yeah um, right right so sunset station um casino the northern casino up, up uh, stuff like that they used to get flooded all the time yeah so they built all those channels and then people moved into them right like <laughs> <laughs> i'm in the southern i'm in the southern highland part of it so i'm good gotcha. to go. You never get right. Awesome. Well, good. I'll come visit you then. I won't visit I don't, I don't my know where. Yeah, I don't know where your brother's located. I at. think he's in the lowland part. He's too. in the lowland part. Yeah, come to think of it. Yeah. He's, he's always got, in the wintertime, he's always got like super windy and it's and it's always like eight inches of water in his backyard. So yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll definitely be coming to visit you and I'll <laughs> meet him for lunch or whatever. It, it's but. been, it's been windy. Oh, hell yeah. I'm it's sure. It's been windy here. Um, I think you have what, like maybe three, four days of rain already. Yeah. 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 And I, and I think there's a passing shower too. That's about it. Psh, dang. So no dude, it's like literally been, uh, like at the beach down at Santa Monica, it was hailing the other day. I can't <laughs> believe it. It's snowing. They, they've closed the uh, interstate five. Uh, every year they kind of close it at the grapevine, but it's closed now. Angeles crest is closed. I can't, I mean, I could go up there, but it's probably snowing. Oh. It probably snowed today. But it's been closed for a couple of days across to Wrightwood, so you can't ride all the way across the top out right. to the uh, the desert. You yeah. have to go around the, the long way. And I think today they said they closed or they were going to close Cajon Pass. So I couldn't even come visit you in Vegas because there's snow in the pass. Um, uh, traveling, traveling during all the rain and stuff like that, I realized that's where all the majority of the clouds stops. Yeah. There's actually – it when you when you go from – the high deserts like Hesperia and dropping it down to the LA basin Valley area. You literally, it's a, it's actually literally a pretty big drop. Yeah. And that's where most of the clouds were just stuck there at yep. Cajon pass. Yep. So there was a few times where I, tr- I was trying to beat the rain and when you couldn't do it, when you drive down Cajon pass, you literally like 
drive into the fog. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Oh God, dude, it gets so thick that you can't drive more yeah. than like 20 miles an hour sometimes. Yeah. Or you'll, you literally drive into the fog and then it's nothing but rain all the way from yeah. LA down to San Diego. <laughs> Visibility of like five feet. Yeah. yeah. And it was no, still dry and it was still dry up in the high highlands. Right. Right. High, high desert area. So. Oh dude, I got to tell you when it was going nuts here the other day, it was like a checker. It was like a literal checkerboard. Cause I, I would drive and it'd be sunny and blue skies. Like literally a thousand feet later, it would be dumping. And like, I couldn't, I could only see about, I don't know, 200 feet in front of me. And then all of a sudden it'd be sprinkles. Then it would be bright skies again, blue skies. <laughs> and then it would just be like, I could see the rain coming down on the road in front of me, like, you know, 800 more feet. And once you get in it, it's like visibility was back down to like, you know, 500 feet, 300 feet, something like that. It was, it was, it was crazy. And, uh, and then it was hailing and then it got back to my house and it was like coming down so hard. I, I sound like my windows were going to blow in. And then, you know, on the way there, it wasn't raining at all. So I was like, oh, cool. It's going to be nice at home. And once I get turned onto my street, like there was just like a cloud over my house, like pouring hail and wind. It was, it was nuts, dude. But definitely I live at the bottom of those foothills. And so, yeah, the clouds, it doesn't matter what the weather is in Los Angeles and it doesn't matter what the weather is on your side of the mountain. These, these mountains hold stuff right here. If it's a hot day, they hold the heat. And if it's a, like, like today where it was snowing up there, it holds that, uh, that cloud cover. And I, you know, that it just keeps it right on top of us. So yeah, I'm sure today it was, uh, holding it in place and just kept, kept dumping. It was, it's, it's been raining for about 36 hours straight now. Um, yeah. Where yesterday it totally poured, and then, like I said, it was sunny, and then it would pour, and then it was sunny, then it would pour, and it was sunny, like like five minutes apart. Uh, today it has, or well, since last night has been nothing but rain for like the last like probably thirty six hours. So, no, yeah, yeah the, the big news here was the wind. Yeah, the wind actually caused um, visibility issues where the the southbound fifteen, yeah, southbound fifteen was closed. God dang. Okay. And then and then I was reading more news following up on it. I realized it was Caltrans that closed it on their site. Uh so it wasn't Vegas. Freaking fact, California. When they closed it. <laughs> everybody went to Whiskey Pete. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. So the hope that the casinos at the border was sold out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody just went, okay, I'll be gonna grab a room, catch some Z's. Um, yeah. So for anybody that's not familiar, yeah, in California, you go over the to the it's like the it's where the Sierra Nevadas and the I don't know what 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 where Big Bear is. It's not technically the Sierra Nevadas, but the the San Andreas Fault runs right there. So it's a huge hill and you drive up over it and down into the desert on the other side and then a couple hours later there's state line. <laughs> and it's and it's Nevada, and there's a ton of casinos there because all of a sudden gambling's legal. Yeah, there's, so, there's a couple. Yeah, there's like three, two or three casinos there. Yeah, with hotel so rooms. With big what he's talking about there. is between California and there, there's not absolutely nothing but desert. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I can imagine there's nowhere unless you drive back into Vegas, you're stuck at state yeah. line. So I could imagine everything there being so Buffalo are, bills yeah. and whiskey Pete's and whatever the hell else yeah. is out there. Or there's a seven mile backup and, and, and literally oh, it's completely closed and you just come to a complete standstill. So yeah. Yeah. You literally like well, shut your car off on the freeway and just, yeah, dude, that's one trippy thing is because like 
I, yeah, there can be snow on this side of the hill on the Cajon Pass and you don't know because then when you get on the other side and you're winding down toward the Nevada border, it could be like a total, like you said, that the mountain really stops everything and it could be like a totally different uh, climate altogether, you know? And like when it backs up though, that's like the only road in and out of the States. Once once you're up on the 15 going from California to to Nevada, like that's the only, that's the only highway, my friend. And like when that backs up, oh my God. I mean, you could, you know, get on Google and prepare to go all the way down to like, um, like the sea. You you can go the Arizona route, but then you're, you know, you're, you're literally still adding like three, four hours to your travel. Yeah. So probably like eight, eight hours total. Uh, or you could get an ADV bike and just like bust off through the desert. <laughs> you could come out to our location where we're going to be at in about two years at our fictitious, uh, dealership <laughs> out there in the middle of nowhere between the two States and, uh, rent, rent, come get a sandwich, rent a, um, electric motorcycle for a couple hours until the storm blows through. Uh, and then, uh, no, once yeah. you get on the California side, I'm sure you can lane split up to the front. But then, you right? Know, you I was going to say that's cut you off. That's the one thing is that people will kill you in, in Nevada if you lane split, right? I mean, they'll like yeah. run you no off the road. No lane splitting. I think the way lane splitting is now only in Arizona, right? Arizona, uh, yeah, and Utah actually allows it. Utah allows it, really? yeah, and Montana oh, actually just recently passed a bill too. So Oregon's trying, and I don't know for the love of God why Nevada doesn't have it because, dude. When you're going out of Vegas or into Vegas, that long ribbon of highway that you can see that just goes on for like a hundred miles and you can just see it. <laughs> you're like, dude, that's it. I can see, I can literally see like 45 minutes in front of me right now stretching. That's all not lane splittable. <laughs> but I've seen, I've seen people lane split. Yeah. I was going to say, if I got stuck in traffic, especially in the summertime, yeah. there's no way They're, I would not. They, lane they weren't full baggers though. <laughs> they were like the crowd. Oh, yeah. There you go. Right. <laughs> they were like the skinnier bikes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be doing that stuff, especially like on a, on a tri-glide or a road glide three. Forget it. Yeah. Can-ams. That, 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 miles just, that's why I was thinking road glide three. Miles just take up the whole thing, you know? There you go. There you go. Hell, and a road glide three, you could bomb out into the, you know, you know, like when you're leaving, well, between Vegas and California, between Nevada and California, I should say, um, let's just say Vegas and Barstow. Those are the two biggest cities I could think of. There's like all that road where you could, you could take a tri glide down onto the side into the dirt and not have to worry about tipping over or like losing traction. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I think a tri glide's the optimal machine for you, my friend. I think I, I'm liking the sound of that more and more. I might uh, look into it for myself. Put, Put some, some knobbies, four tires on there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can bomb it in the dirt. <laughs> there you go. I've seen people do crazier stuff in in lifted trucks. Just like screw this traffic, I'm going to go out into the dirt and find a shortcut to California. But yeah, man. Well, hey, we've been blabbing for an hour, and uh, I've. Wow. Uh, yeah. Hey, b- really quick before we go, there was some other battery stuff that you and and you were really s- stoked on the Upcoast. Oh, so I don't want okay. I don't want to cut you loose yet. Let's just <laughs> we'll chat for a couple okay. more minutes yeah. about those. But yeah, you Two had some. Two yeah, more yeah. things that really caught my attention. Yeah. at Ames. Okay, was this inter- no, was, It's not really introduction, but I think they were trying to promote it, and it's it was a hybrid battery. Yeah. Okay, and then when I was I was thinking about it, and I was came across this place. It's called Motobat. 
M-O-T-O-B-A-T-T. And they were selling this thing called a hybrid battery. And I'm thinking, okay, hybrid for motorcycles. I'm like, I'm like that sounds interesting. I'm like, no. Then I was, you know, I, I think I know. I know that Harley came out with a lithium. And then mm-hmm. the lithium requires its own charger. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, and then Harley kind of like bumped up the lithium power a little bit. You know, it used to be like you know, six something, and then it's now seven or eight or something like that. It, it, they you know, so lithium isn't quite doing the job, and and literally that's what this guy confirmed. Okay, and this guy was doing. This guy was selling them you know, this thing called a hybrid battery, and I'm like, what the what the heck is a hybrid battery? I'm like, it's not the it's not the full lithium battery that you're thinking of when you're thinking of like hybrid cars and stuff like that. No. And this guy's like, no, 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 we're, we're, it's literally the size of a battery. And then it's got a tiny little lithium inside and it's got the, uh, the AGM, um, part of it too. And I'm like sitting there going, I'm like, I'm like, how come I never heard of this before? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard of Motobat before, but I've never heard of this. So yeah, when you, and you sent me pics of this today and I'm looking at it going, yeah, that's just a battery. But then I, I realized the cutout, the lithium's in the bottom. And I was like, yeah. is that a lithium cell or is that the is that lithium goo? Like, I, I don't know how it works. But yeah, what was it? What was the whole reason behind it? Because the whole reason people go to lithium is for the weight savings, right? But the energy density isn't there of lead acid, I think, or the cold cranking amps or whatever the hell it is. So, so is that why they did this hybrid? So this thing is not as quite as heavy as a regular HGM battery, but it's gotcha. not as quite as light as lithium, right? So it, it's Would kind you say of it's like a hybrid, uh huh. So that's why it's, that, that's why they call it that. No, I the term hybrid just kind of throws me off. If, yeah. you know, coming from this industry, yeah, so. I know. <laughs> You're all, oh, so it's gas and uh, electric, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's it's part of it's it's part of an old old technology for. Um, What's the good AGM good for? Like cold cranks, I guess. Is, is probably that's what it's. Yeah. So they're saying they're saying that lithium battery is basically good for like keeping up with you know like your you know stage two rock for yeah. fallscape you know whatever whatever you know electrical crap you want to install in your Harley. Right. <laughs> and then, um, but unfortunately, the cold crank the cold crank cam the CCA is not good in the lithium yeah. battery. That's what I thought. So that's why they have they have the hybrid AGM part of it for that, and then they have the lithium to kind of keep the battery going once the the vehicle started in some motion or whatever it's being right. charged and stuff. So, so you get some of the weight savings, and I know that lithium. When Shorei came out, they were the very first lithium company that I ever heard of, and they handed me their battery, and it was like, oh my god, did you just hand me? Uh, a feather because it was the lightest thing I'd ever felt. But that's what they were saying is that the cold cranking amps weren't quite there. And there was there's a little bit of a trade-off with lithium and the fact that like, yeah, the energy gen- density or whatever that it is. Um, the other thing that lithium batteries don't do is they don't, uh, I want to say sulfate or whatever it is. You know, they don't really corrode because they don't, gas out like a like a lead acid does so that's the whole other reason people go to them but then you lose out you have to have a special charger you lose uh energy density and then a few other things that kind of you know there's there's always a trade-off for for the greatness so what you save in weight you lose with a lot of other things and so that that was really interesting that this battery that you were showing me um 
I guess it's trying to be the best of both worlds. Yeah. But how did they tell you how to charge it? Because it looked like it had four terminals on there too. So which ones do you hook up to your freaking battery? And which one or your starter motor? And which ones do you hook up the other ones to your radio? Like do you because most bikes come wired for a single pole, you know, single negative and a single positive. So right. is this thing how why this thing looked crazy? And do you I, have I to get ask. like a special ah gotcha. Okay. I didn't ask how it was hooked up, but I it was supposedly being charged by by like the regular alternator. Right, right. So that that's why it was kind of interesting to me when I first you know, but I couldn't I couldn't get into too much detail yeah. with the guy. The guy was busy trying to sell yeah, you know. Hey, it's it aim, was, baby. It was A selling the battery and then two trying to sell a dealership uh uh setup network for it so gotcha i mean when i had to change the battery on my harley it was it was literally you know uh, harley agm harley lithium that was my only no that was the only two yeah. choices and I, I totally even didn't know about you know these hybrid batteries yeah. that they're, they're starting to develop so well it's weird too because you like you mentioned well if you hook it up to your if you hook it up to your motorcycle the the stator and the electrical system will put ba- energy back into the battery just whether it's hi- whether it's lithium or uh, lead acid. But when you charge it or put it on a tender, you're 100 percent correct. You have to have a special charger or battery tender yeah. for lithium. And so I wonder with this hybrid, how the hell that works? Because uh, uh, Paul's VFR when he um, lent it to me, had a, had a lithium battery in it. And luckily his battery tender has a setting where you can change it from lead acid to lithium. But I'm wondering if you don't have that, or if you're, or if you do have that, which I wonder which one you put it on, which one you're charging. Probably I'm guessing the the lead acid, if you're just worried about the cold cranking, because then when you ride it, it it probably puts it back into the lithium. I'm, I'm kind of wondering if the lithium is kind of stealing off of the, the AGM to keep it charged up or I mean, you know, I, I don't know exactly what I'm not going to, no, I can't sit here and claim exactly. That's what they were doing, but that's what I'm, I was kind of suspecting. So yeah, it'd be interesting to talk to those guys. I know you just, um, you're mailing me a 42 pound bag of business cards and we'll, we'll try to work through, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to work through and maybe, maybe we can get them on the phone to explain what the hell they're trying to do with that. Yeah. Because that's the weird, I've never heard of, um, because you know, hybrid technologies in cars is kind of weird. You know, yeah. When when that first introduced to us, you no, know, we were sitting there arguing at work about it. There's like, oh, there's also mild hybrid. There's you no know, uh, real uh, legit like mid hybrid hybrid, and all of a sudden there's like a you know there's like a plug in hybrid, and, right? You know, yeah. There's different levels. All like hybrid craziness definitions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know. When are they going to come out with like a hydrogen, uh, Uh, yeah, you know, hydrogen power, you know, so, um, BMW i3, okay, is electric vehicle. Yeah. Right. Made by BMW. It's a little tiny, you know, like little bread box. Yeah. EV. But then they came out. Really fancy smart car. Right. They came out, (laughs) they came out with a, a range extender version of that, which actually contains like a three cylinder engine in it. Okay. But the engine just charges the battery. But the engine right? just charges the battery. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the whole thing is still driven on battery motor. Right. Um, take Mazda's bringing back the rotary engine. <laughs> Sick. As a charger. Oh to, wow. To the battery, so they're not. It's not really like the old RX7, which where it's actually you know the the you no know, 
it's a, where it's actually not the rotary engine that drives the car, but right. It's for and, the battery. Right. This is interesting. And then when you get into the supercars, when you get into some of the, you know, even the F1 formula cars, they, there's literally batteries and then there's engines and the engines could do both. Yeah. Charges oh, the battery and drives the car at the same right, time. You know, right. So. I was going to say there's like the hybrid that I'm thinking of as well on some of these cars uses a gas mo- or a, the electric motor while you're doing super low parking lot speeds. And then once you get up to freeway speeds, kicks over to the gas. So, I mean, that's also considered a hybrid, yeah. you know, blah, blah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's different levels of so, hybrid. Yeah. That's why the hybrid term of the hybrid battery kind of got me. But three off. Yeah. That's why I'm, exactly. I'm kind of guessing is that, you know, it's, I know a lot of cars are mild hybrids right now out of Europe. Yeah. So they actually have a 12 volt battery system, and then they also have a 48 volt battery system. And the 48 volt battery literally just runs like the, no, they literally can install an electric supercharger in the car. Yeah. And that electric supercharger is run off of the 48 volt battery. So, right. I'm guessing this hybrid battery is kind of like that setup. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That is so weird. And, you know, the, uh, Livewire is the same way. They got that huge battery that you ride on. That's like the basically the the chassis of the thing, and then behind it is just like a regular little twelve volt. That's like I don't you know I don't even know what the hell that thing runs. I've, I've <laughs> I I know it's there, and I see the stuff that plugs into it, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. You know, is that for the lights? Is that for uh, something else? Yeah. That you know the battery drives it, and then that thing um, does the the lights and you know little maybe the display or something. I have no idea, no, but no. yeah, it's insane how some of this stuff works and, and uh, yeah, to hear the term hybrid, right. I would, I was thrown off too hearing the term hybrid. I was expecting to see a little tiny motor inside the bottom of that thing. That's a generator <laughs> for the, <laughs> you know, you don't have to have a battery tender. It's got its own motor now, No, but I wonder why they did of, that. Speaking of EVs, uh-huh. And electric batteries. The most impressive thing that I got out of this show mm-hmm. was the EV bike. Yeah, which so one? It was it was it's this company called Ubco or Ubico. Yeah, it stands for I think what like a uh, utility bike company. I think Probably it was out of Oregon. I think they're out of Australia. Oh, is it out of Australia? I think their, yeah. their headquarters, their U.S. headquarters, must be in Oregon. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably where they're. Yeah. It, it's a it's a it's a two wheel drive, so it's front and rear wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's electric vehicle. The battery is literally like um, it, it, the battery is right between your legs. Right. Yeah. Under Low center of gravity. So, yeah. and um, it's hub driven, so that's why they could literally you no know, the front wheel just has a hub and the rear wheel has a hub. Yeah, there's no I don't there's no chain, right? It's yeah, there's no chain. It's just both yeah. hub drive motors. Yep, hub drive and, motors. That's why yeah. you can have two wheel drive. You know, you got the yeah. front wheel and the rear drive going. But this thing was kind of this thing was pretty cool. This thing was yeah. like um uh what's that um but it's it's pretty ugly though, because there's no fairing and stuff like that whatsoever. That reminds yeah. me of the old um the ruckus. Oh yeah, okay. It reminds me of the old Honda Ruckus. Yeah. Okay. But the, the most impressive thing about this is it's actually got a VIN number on it already. Right. Right. So, Probably Surons should have that too, but they don't. There's a lot of bikes that don't have that, but these things literally kind of function as like a moped slash scooter. Cause I think their top speed claimed is what, like 35 or 40 miles an hour? Um, I think this one was, f- 
I think 50 popped up. I'm not okay. sure if it was. I, I think it was 50 miles per hour. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't think it was 50 mile range. I think it was. 50 miles per hour. So so they definitely are way out of the bicycle legality. And and there's no right. pedals on these things either. No I know I, I only know a little bit about them because I've been following them for a couple of years. And the Nokomoto boys used to have one or two of them. I forget how many they had. But yeah, they're pretty sick. The only thing I d- don't like about it is that it is a hub drive. And that kind of adds to the, uh, you know, the weight going up and down out there on the but you know what? Then again, if you ride these on mostly road and just a little bit of dirt, you're not like jumping them, and you're not going over. You know. Yeah, they have a they have a like an all terrain version, but I think they also have a street version. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I, I I would get yeah. down with the Nebco. Yeah. Or so they actually have one set up where if you twist the slot throttle, you can see both wheels turn. Yeah. And I was sitting there looking at it, and and all of a sudden I realized it's got lights, it's got turn signals, yeah. it's got a headlight. And then they go, yeah, yeah, we've already got a um, a National Highway Safety Administration yep. number, and I was like, whoa, I was like, wait a minute, you already have a VIN number? Yeah, they go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> just can't write them on the freeway, I think is all. And uh, and, and that yeah. was the most no, that's literally that's the big difference between that and most of the other EV bikes that I saw. Yeah out there i know Most it's of such them, a gray area right now yeah. that like it's awesome that they went the extra step yeah no no when you when you take that step to apply to the government to get the vin number and stuff like that you, you're literally legitimately yeah. stepping into the next level of of your of your no evolution as a company yeah because most most of these most of these EV companies are literally going to be like, oh, yeah, we have this bike. You know, it's got this range, blah, 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 blah. And then when you go up to them, you go, no, hey, it's no, it's going to be a street legal bike. You know, no, what's your VIN number? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, we, we haven't gone that far yet. We're looking for dealerships. We're looking to establish yep. our, you know, our yeah. networking. And, so, and, and you're like, oh, OK, so you, you're literally, you know. That's that's why these little companies will merge together or you know yeah. get bought out or something like that. But I, I feel like that's a lot of the bikes that I see on electric, a lot of the vehicles, period, that you see out there. Um, they are you keep seeing them at Eichma and you keep seeing them at, you know, maybe uh what's the freaking one they have in Germany that's like Eichma? Uh, I forget, but um you see them at these like international trade shows, they would come to IMS, like all these things. And then you never ever see them for sale though. And it's because, well, in China, like it's legal to ride every, you know, there's not the same sort of laws or in Indonesia or wherever the hell they're selling them in, in another market, you can ride whatever the hell you want and you can put 18 people on it. And it's not, you know, there's no laws against it, but you bring them to like, you know, Europe or the States and you got to have a VIN if it's street legal. If it's not street legal, it better have pedals or be marked as like a scooter. And it's got to follow, you know, a whole different set of laws. And that was a problem. My, my you know, Chris uh, Wiggins, um, a long time ago, we went to the uh, electric, um, electric expo at uh, when they had it at the Peterson. And they were showing the cake there. And we're like, well, the cake has like huge off-road tires it's not and it's, then there's no pedals it's not legal on bike trails because it exceeds uh bike 
speeds and it's motorized and you can't take it on any trails that say no motorized vehicles. So you can't take it on bicycle paths, but yeah. there's also no license plate. There's no turn signals. You can't, and it's huge. The, the tires are huge. They're not street tires. You can't take it on the street legally uh, because it's not a bicycle. You can't even ride in the bike lane legally. So all these companies, even Cake, who is a huge name in the EV motorcycle um realm makes all this shit that is just not like you said not legitimate um and you can ride it and depending on your state they could confiscate it you know like take a chance california or at least la doesn't seem to have a problem because if it's not making a noise they don't kind of see it as like it just if it doesn't make a noise it's a bicycle and if it makes a noise it's a moped or a scooter (laughs) or a motorcycle and that seems to be the dividing factor. California as a whole, I'm not too sure based on city by city, but hell, you go to New York and I remember like e-bikes, e-bicycles there were so heavily regulated against and now they're finally making headway and getting um, legalized uh, because they they put into laws. Like what is an e- what is a bicycle? What is an e-bicycle? And it's like, yeah, it's got to have pedals. It can't go over 28 miles an hour. All this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I, I think you're right. A hundred percent on the, on the Ubco's is that you, they, they went the step to get a VIN. And I do, I do know what you're talking about. They have a version that doesn't have, um, turn signals and a headlight. And I think that they call that their ranch bike or like their work bike, but the other ones do. The other ones definitely have like a license plate bracket and everything and it's yeah. like yeah you got to have that shit or else you're just another one of these companies that's yeah. never gonna be able to sell your crap you're always going to be at every show and you're going to be on every electric article ever but you're never actually going to have a legitimate for sale vehicle yeah. in any country because you don't yeah. conform to any other vehicle laws you know I, I, I guess one of the cons side of that is once they've invested and, and start going all the stuff that's where the prices starts getting hyped uh, yeah. up there you go. So, so this is what the, no. I think I think they start at like five thousand for that ranch model, but it goes up to like six thousand and more. Yeah. So now you're getting into the the next level of you know a full legit EV right motorcycle yeah. now versus you know just a no versus like a two thousand dollar Yamaha you know bicycle right thing. Right. So I mean, yeah, it, it looked great. I mean, I I I thought it was gonna you know. I wanted to, to to sit on it and just bomb it around out of Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know they look epic, dude. They look so much fun. And again, going back to what I was saying earlier, my kids and I can probably get away with riding something like that as long as it doesn't make noise and nobody would look until somebody looked twice. Nobody would look twice because it doesn't look like a motorcycle you know what i mean but it ride would ride just like one and the fact that that's two-wheel drive means that you could take it up some of these little crusty fire trails and stuff too and not get not get stuck yeah that was that was probably the most impressive um a a, a little you know i don't know if you want to call a startup i mean i think they've been around yeah they've been around for a few years but exactly i uh they just haven't made enough of a headway but now that everything's now that a lot of uh, uh, power sports dealerships are looking into it um i know there's only two places in socal i think that you can order them from um at least in the la area yeah. i don't know about san diego i don't know about vegas but 
I don't think there was yeah. any, I don't think there was any in Vegas when I went to the, the, the website to look. But yeah, you know, that, Dude, that's, that's got to be part of the reason of, why they're at the show is looking yeah. for, you know, to look for other dealers to try <laughs> exactly. to get Exactly. I was going to say that's got to be the most frustrating part of going to AIM is you're literally going into a show knowing that you don't exist where it's happening. <laughs> you're like I just want to be here, okay? But yeah, no, uh, I got to tell you when I first started when my brother first moved to Vegas and I started going out there regularly, I was surprised at how many like the riding community there is strong, but what else is strong is there's a huge scooter community there. There's a huge e-bicycle community there, a fat tire, but you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of shit because in Vegas, the, I know it's the land of glitz and glam, but the income in Vegas is all over the place. So you may work at a casino and you're literally riding your bike to work. And as soon as electric bicycles became a thing, like I saw those, I saw scooters and people were taking their scooters and just wheeling them across, you know, Vegas has gone, has had its fair share of ups and downs ever since it was established as a city. So I'm sure COVID, it was like a ghost town, but even before that, when the housing market crashed and stuff in Vegas was going for a fistful of dollars, there was some barren, empty, undeveloped lots that they thought would be yeah. something in a few months. And it turned out to be like a couple of years where there was nothing there and yeah. kids were just stunting. It became like a sc- scooter <laughs> stunt, you know, show and like a bicycle stunt show because people didn't want to bring their big motorcycles there. Cause yeah. they get eyes on it. But dude, Vegas is one of those places where you, you see all sorts of two wheeled shenanigans happening yeah. on all sizes and types of vehicles. And I could just imagine like uh, an Ubco being perfect for just zipping around and, all the Vegas, all the Vegas constructions are done by these, you know, these big Richmond housing companies, and they literally mm-hmm. buy up like a whole sit, like a like a street block. Yeah, and they fence it off with a with a you know like a eight foot brick walls around the whole thing, and you literally have to drive into it. Yeah, right to get into the housing. So there's this one big empty lot next to my house, uh, next to the the, the the no like one city one street block over. Gotcha. And it's been a dirt lot for like 20 something years now, ever since I started coming out here, it was, it's yeah. always been a dirt lot. And now it's you no know, granted it's fenced off. So you can't really do stuff in there, right? You can't do the dirt, dirt things you're talking about in there. And then finally I real, I found out that date it was the, that, that lot is actually city owned and they were mm. going to, they were originally going to build a school on that. Oh, okay. Okay. Lot. So it was right next to a park you know, so they figure, you know, there's you no know, kids and stuff. I guess the the budgets yeah. never worked out, so they never built that school, but they still have that lot there. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's literally just you know, it's really weird because when you just when you're driving down through neighborhoods, it's literally like walls, 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 house, 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 and then you know, dirt a lot. big shopping area, and then like <laughs> dirt lots, low, you know, yeah. like 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 pinholes through, you know, like yeah, within the all those areas, so. Yeah, you know what's crazy is that when my brother first moved to Vegas, the city was still pretty small and you would have to drive out to Red Rocks. And now there's literally houses out by Red Rock. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you could just hop on your dirt bike and ride out into the desert. And I don't think you can really do that anymore unless you live on the outside of town. And and who knows how, how much longer that's going to be the outside of town for. You that, know what I'm saying? The way, that's unfortunately the way the city is expanding. So. Yeah. I mean, there's only only going out. 
there's yeah. so much land they're not going up you know they're, so, they're just starting to expand further and further out i'm actually yeah. pretty fortunate that my house is you know my parents house is pretty pretty much in the center yeah so they bought this house a long uh, no oh probably like a while ago yeah so it's you know i'm, I'm pretty close to the center yeah that's pretty city, nice so. yeah yeah well you still got to ride out then to a little further each time to get out of the city, but <laughs> yeah, everything is probably uh, 20 minutes away. Yeah. By car. So I'm thinking one of these, you know, if I get a, you know, a little Yubico bomber thing, I could just, you know, I might shave yeah. a couple minutes off the traveling time. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You lane split on an Upco. Nobody's going to say anything, but you do it on a motorcycle. They'll kick your ass. They'll, they'll pull a gun on you. Yeah, so that's going to happen. Know, cut through a dirt lot or, you know, hop you on go. a sidewalk or something yeah, like that. No I, one's going to say squat, you know, <laughs> they'll think you're on a bicycle. You just move. If anyone looks at you, you just move your feet. Move like, my feet a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Pretending yeah. like I'm pedaling air. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And no one will think twice. Yeah. There's awesome benefits to that. Yeah, no, they're, they're pretty cool. I, I agree. I, I, I like up close. <laughs> well, Hey man, now we've been officially yapping for an hour and a half and, uh, oh. I like what I heard, and I and I, I definitely can't wait to sort through some of the media stuff that came in and, and it, yap with some more was, of these people. It was, it was a pretty good show, you know, talking yeah. to talking to vendors and and, and talking to, to dealerships. And, I mean, uh, manufacturers and stuff like that. So, um, I felt it was pretty productive. Um, you know, yeah, I can't I can't wait for SEMA. You know, that might take more than a you know four hours. But. <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah. Maybe I should I should come visit you for SEMA too. I mean, yeah, if you're yeah. if you're that close. And then secretly we'll start planning our our middle of the desert pop-up dealership and uh <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how far we get. We might just Extension we might cable. just give up. Extension yeah, there cable you go. to the uh to that to that big old factory that solar farm out there, right? That's what I'm thinking we need to do for our cash register <laughs> to start up even. Is we'll we'll run that and then we'll just put a couple power blocks off yeah. of that. But yeah. Uh, well, I think that, I think that Eddie's world in the middle over there it might yeah. come out and just cut our wires. <laughs> Listen, man, we'll partner with them. We'll we'll make them a deal they can't refuse. Oh, free free charging Barstow. Right, yeah. I'm not sure if you've seen the Barstow lately, but next to that outlet mall, oh uh-huh. my goodness, they install so many Tesla stations. Uh, yeah, I know. My um, <laughs> my father-in-law was part of that. He he works for Electrify America, and they built a little charging station out there and he's like, now it's one of the biggest charging stations in yeah. that part of the, the state. Yeah. They built it on the Southern side of the law. So when I was driving up 15, I saw that and I'm like, look at all those, look at all those Tesla looking yeah. charger thingies over there. They, when he retired from electrify America, they sent him this picture that was kind of cool. Cause it was like the desert and it had like a picture. Cause he built one out. I want to say he built one out close to Nevada as well. Um, but yeah, they sent him a picture of the one in Barstow and it had like some mountains or something in the background. It kind of looked like radiator Springs, real, 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 uh, small looking. And he's like, now that thing is huge. Like now <laughs> there's so many chartered <laughs> Tesla came in and like, there's a, there's a, it's like a huge charging wow. outlet. Jeez. And, uh, you used yeah. to be Eddie's world. Eddie's world is in Irmo. And I think it's yeah. like maybe another five miles past a uh, Barstow yeah. or something like that. Yeah. We'll have to run our extension cable there. You know, you, you know, you could go in there, you could buy candy, you could, you know, there's like a yeah. bunch of restaurants, you could sit and relax for a while while your car's being charged. But I think, uh, I think Barstow's got jealous of that. So, 
Yeah. Well, it's a perfect hub because with Tesla semis and all that crap and a whole bunch of electric semis coming online too, that's a good sh- like that's a commerce hub for the yeah. for the desert for the Southland for sure. I could a lot of stuff I think goes into Barstow and gets moved around. There's a lot of train tracks and crap that goes there that right because Barstow's on the other side of Cajon Pass, right? So it's like when they come down with the with the stuff from out of state, they probably transfer lines there in Barstow and do all sorts of crazy stuff to other other rail lines. But yeah, dude. Uh we'll, we'll build our pop ups like every hundred miles. Yes. Or you know, every fifty miles. That way the uh that way the e bikes can uh Yeah. Can, can oh go. listen Next year's LA Barstow to Vegas, we're going to have enough charging stations for people to take an e-bike and we'll get, I got a lot of extension cord money, uh, <laughs> saved up. So we're going to buy a bunch and we'll have like stations, like you said, every hundred miles or so we'll do a, um, an EV charging station. So if anybody wants to take their like zero FXE and try to do the LA Barstow to Vegas, they have something to charge out there in the <laughs> middle of nowhere. They'll just be riding through this beautiful box Canyon and all of a sudden they'll come across two schmucks with this weird little like charging station. <laughs> that'll be us but uh yeah man good idea good idea no off-road for you no you off-road for you. unless <laughs> unless you come to our charging station and then then we'll offer you generous benefits but um yeah man uh i've had a good time and i can't wait to delve into some of this stuff that you've you, you found over there yep. and, um it'll be fun finding straight from the horse's mouth Hopefully, why they decided to go I'll, hybrid maybe. batteries I'll get us a couple of Ubcos to test out. No. Uh, maybe I'll get may to go may, again next year. Yeah. May so, or may not get you some Harley stuff. We'll, we'll see. see. I'll have to really work that angle yeah. hard because Harley's hard to deal with. But I, I think I think Harley's so big they don't run, they don't really need dealerships. I know. <laughs> they, that's yeah. why they're not showing up. But they're all creative who? Yeah. Creative what? Um, I'm surprised you didn't get kicked out, by the way. Did you ever see Honda there before or BMW? Any of the big uh, ones? I mean, I have in the past. They Honda was there doing test rides in in uh, eighteen and and uh, and nineteen. It was back in Columbus, but in eighteen they were there doing test rides with the brand new Goldwing when it was when oh. it was brand. You know, when it came out in uh, the yeah. the one that came out in eighteen. I think that's when the the F six B and all that stuff came out. I think eighteen or nineteen when I got the SEMA. When I went to that SEMA show once, I think Harley was even out there demoing. Yeah, Harley was at the at the AIM for sure. Kawasaki was there. Indian was there. Polaris oh, was Indian. there with the slingshot. Another one I missed. Dude, Indian had the brand new. It's yeah. the 2018s when the FTR was brand new. You know what I'm saying? They they didn't have it for sale yet, but they had it there at AIM. Did you, get, uh, did you see the new Sport Chief? I did see the new Sport Chief. Is, is it kind of? It looks a bit like the uh, uh, lowrider knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I won't. I won't knock it. I won't knock it. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, they'll probably race them. Race them against each other at the uh, <laughs> one of the King of the Bagger classes. But uh, we'll call him Bagger Junior. Bagger yeah, Junior. Yeah, the, the Junior oh, the Hooligan Bagger class. I'm, I'm termed that right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and uh, talk Trademark. to my mo- talk to that Moto America. Yeah. <laughs> Um, bagger junior class the bagger junior and <laughs> low, it's not for little low, kids low riders versus sport chiefs <laughs> yes yeah i'm sure somebody will be racing them at one of these crazy 
new clubs that's popped up with you know the bagger racing league or yeah. or king of the baggers one of yeah. the two yeah. bagger bagger junior that's my term <laughs> yeah dude me and you that's the thing that's what we'll do also because i'm pretty sure that there's a racetrack out there in vegas not not the nascar track but i think there's another one like right around state line i think there's a road course out there and we'll uh We'll do the bagger class out there. Well, there's, yeah, there's yeah. a few. I mean, there's one up in Spring Mountain. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Spring Mountain. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think somebody opened up one around Sloan. Mm. So. Yeah, that's the that's the one I'm thinking of. This private, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. called like Speed Vegas or something like that. I think. Yeah. But I drove by and I saw it. There's like so somebody built a course there, and then. If you go up north near Pahrump, I think uh, Spring Mountain Racetrack yeah, is that, out there. Yeah, that one's public, I think, is the Spring Mountain one. And the other, yeah. that other one is private, I think. You have to be uh, Vegas bigwig. You have to have a show. Uh, you have to have a show at the MGM for at least. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be one of the artists in residence there, or else you don't get a get a race at this private track. Huh. But, uh, no, yeah, then yeah. the ones I know that Dayton, like you can drive Corvettes on there and stuff like that. Yeah, so, but, yeah, um, hell yeah. We'll, then, we'll, have yeah. our, we'll have to drive. We'll have to drive. Okay, let's make some pop up uh, close to those so we can do some e bike uh, races too. I've seen all the strip. There's <laughs> exotic rentals here. You know, you could take your Ferrari. That's you know, it's got like fifty thousand miles on it. Listen, <laughs> when I come visit my brother, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna stay with you. We're gonna go get a Ferrari. We're gonna go out to lunch. We'll pick him up in the Ferrari. We'll make him ride in the trunk, and. Uh, <laughs> Because there's only two seats in those things, so yeah, he'll have to ride it. We'll strap him to the top. Yeah. We're gonna have a good old time. We'll bungee we'll comb to the to the roof. You know, to there, the, there you go. Engine so. hood, engine hood in the back. <laughs> we'll make him ride on top He's of the. Small motor. enough. We'll, we'll throw him in the front trunk. We'll, we'll throw him in the frunk. Yeah, maybe we'll just get him a skateboard and <laughs> pull him behind us. We'll have to see how it works out, but we'll figure it out. But uh. It's been good talking to you, man. Yep. And uh, have a good weekend. Try to stay dry if this Thanks. storm's coming your way. It, you it was literally just trying to blow down the door a minute ago. So I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go inside and sit in the heater. It's freezing out here and it's wet and cold and it doesn't. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I just heard thunder. I'm gonna. Hopefully, I don't lose power out here. <laughs> so, but uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you go. Thanks for uh, filling us in. No problem. And uh, I'll chat with you again in a yeah. little bit. For Talk sure at work on Monday. Yep. <laughs> All right. Bye, man. All right. Later. All right, everybody. That's our show this week. This is Junk signing off. Have a wonderful week. Stay dry. Stay warm. And uh, especially if you're in SoCal and you're not used to staying dry and warm. Um, and please send in your California writing story if you get a chance. Uh, send in your anywhere writing story whenever you want. We'll make that an episode soon. Wiggins and Siddons, the two Chris's. We're going to get them back on the show because there's some epic shit planned in that uh, warehouse. And also, thank you to our patrons. I would be remiss if I didn't mention our patrons. Um, it's been a, been a hot minute since I recognized them, I think. Thank you so much to uh, everyone who supports our show. And with that, we out of here. Uh, ride safe. Ride hard. Ride the lightning. Ride the dragon? I don't know. You figure out what to ride. Write about it. Send it to the show. We'll read about it. We'll talk about it. Bye, Tobor, by the way. All right. That's a wrap. That was a good one. That was a hor- your thumbs. Your thumbs downing me, you fucking robot. That was a top notch.